Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. E.T., it's um, happy Martin Luther King week. It's... I love the enthusiasm. Oh, no, I was wondering if you was going or if you was reading some shit. I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. Nah, it's lit. It's, it's a big week, man. I'm sorry, Martin. I just didn't want to go to Arizona. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I forgot today was Martin Luther King Day, so I kind of want... Slap me for sure, but I think the streets, we need to do a little bit better job of promoting. I don't know uh, once Black Lives Matter fell apart or whatever it was, but I think we should. I should have seen Martin Luther King Day coming from a mile away. I'm not going to lie, but I'm definitely appreciative yeah. for what he did. How do you feel oh, about understood. it, Dre? We used to call you uh, a mixture of Martin and Malcolm X. So what do you <laughs> yeah. What do you feel about the Martin Luther King? You feel me? Well, I, I, I actually went to work. On MLK Day, Ooh. most people only remember it because they didn't have to go to work. But I, I feel, right. I feel like he get it's like you know, the, the duty never ends, duty never stops calling. I guess. Right, right. Happy, I'm already <laughs> happy Wednesday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Point Forward. Exciting conversation this week, as you can all tell. Um, MLK Week, a beautiful thing. Um, Shouts out to the NBA. Um, we always have our slate of games on the Monday that Martin Luther King Day is celebrated on. Um, and it's always some uh, great games. Uh, Atlanta usually plays. Memphis usually plays. Memphis has the <laughs> largest um, African-American population out of all the NBA teams. Um, so, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you what about D.C.? Say, they have to play too, right? D.C. plays D.C. always has a well. game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. D.C. always we, has uh, a game. We came from uh, Portland one year, right? And um, I think we played them on MLK Day. So, obviously, that time difference is three hours. So, I remember showing up. They're like, yo, we'll get in Saturday night. That should give you all enough time to get acclimated. And, you know, wake up. So they're like on a game day, you, you basically got to be up at like 7, 7.30 a.m. East Coast time, which is like 4 or 4.30 a.m. our time. So they're like, yo, come to film, come to shoot around, da, 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 all this stuff. So I just remember everybody being like, bro, I didn't go to sleep till like, I couldn't go to sleep, but I didn't go to sleep till like 3. So everybody was on right. three and a half hours worth of sleep. Gee, we didn't wake up to the fourth quarter, but man, they must have beat us by 45 points. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> Like legitimately, so that's that's my only bone to pick with the with the MLK games is making sure like the you know what I mean because that was a big game and like we basically sacrificed a game because we were basically playing it 
fucking preparing at 4.30 a.m. our time. That's a bone to pick with the schedulers. And that's an interesting DraftKings call out early in our segment that if you look at the schedule sometimes, it will give you some insider information on how to bet on the game. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Because I could have told you that. I'm like, niggas finna do what? For who? Like, man, if Dan and CJ ain't got it, that's that's dead. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's this is where y'all supposed to average sixty together. That, this is the day. It'd be like this. Them games in, like them games in like Denver. That's when I'm getting shots up. You like man? Hell no, G. I'm tired. Like why? Why do I have ten shot attempts in the first half? Like you know what I mean? And they trying to get their breath. It's like no, nah, go be Superman. <laughs> all facts as well as this week. We are talking all-star voting. The Celtics, they do have the potential to man a whole starting five lineup to the all-star game. Um, and I'm into that. We go, yeah, we want to break down, does that mean anything for them as potential um, champions or their run to the championship? Obviously, it should. Um, we've been seeing some of y'all commenters, the, the tweeters and deleters. We will be addressing a few of you. Evan was trending for a hot second on Twitter. We will dive into that. I thought that was I thought that was really funny, by the way. That's what I said. I'm like, damn, you niggas, man. I can't wait to get on my platform and talk to I thought it was tight lit too, but who cares? I really didn't care. I'm like, man, mind y'all business. God damn, I can't just drop comments in the comment. I mean it's a good compliment, but like I had to turn my comments off. That's that much. Lastly, Don't worry. chop it up with our guy from way, way back uh, before those who drafted him saw his full potential. Nikola Vucevic will be joining us today from the mean streets of Chicago. We got a chance to chop it up with him, sit down, talk about his amazing career. And um, yeah, coming from that part of the world who has, uh, they've held this thing called fundamentals close to their vest, which has kind of held the game of basketball together. So, ET, you got some heat. Someone tried to say your sentiments um, are similar to why supposedly you don't like Giannis, which we know isn't true. But they was like, this is why you don't like Giannis, because you don't like foreigners. So they made it. No, like, bro, I don't like niggas that don't, that airball from the top of the key. And now you're talking about the top five. Like, no, nigga, that's, I, like, I love Giannis. Bro, Luka Doncic is my favorite player besides Jason That is Taylor. true. So, that like, I don't true. know what y'all talking about. Like, That is true. Like, I still stick up for Manu Ginobili. I think he's one of the best players ever played a game. I get I get booed out of every room I say that in. So, like, look, man, I know. As you should. Because he ain't better than – he, he was cold, but he ain't better than Gilbert. And I'm sticking with Gilbert. And I Gilbert's crazy. I can't, I can't agree rock, with him. I, I can't with <laughs> but, but, bro, Ginobili just – I'm, bro, I'm always rocking with Gil Zero. Don't, Mr. Hibachi, the stand on your own is, is just a stand on. A lot of people don't. Gilbert was averaging 27 on his own, G. Like, solo and, dolo. And, they, and he was 25 up. years old. They don't even get yeah. that. Yeah, and he was solo dolo. So, that, I mean, come on, bro. That's an understatement. I just think, like, when people ask me who was really good at basketball, I'm like, damn, this nigga Manu. I mean, at least when he saw me, maybe I was his good luck charm. But it was not. No, I think I Manu, 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 was Manu versus game. everybody. Nah, but he was extra Manu versus me. This Euro <laughs> I, I, was a little I, I extra some, Euro-y. I had some, extra, I had some extra energy for Manu. Anytime I seen him, I was trying to kill him. I don't know where that came from, but it is what it is. Shout out to uh, one of ET's favorite rappers and one of my childhood favorite rappers. Who? Cameron and Mace. 
Oh, okay. 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 I just met Cameron the other day, G. I think you told me that. How was that experience? Yeah, I just. It was. I mean, it was straight for me. I mean, he was pretty. Um. He was pretty chill. The nigga was just having random conversations, so you couldn't be like, "Oh, this is such a big deal." It was just like, "Yo, what's up? What's going on?" Like, "How you been?" Da, 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 da. Like, we had equal people in common because uh, he grew up. He didn't grow up, but when he used to be in Chicago, he's like two blocks away from my crib. And then, um, yeah, both our OGs. Why, the reason why he was in Columbus, I played cards with that man like every like every week. So uh-huh. like sticks is on me. So we had just a mutual friend in common but that was pretty dope man they doing their thing and uh cameron is yeah. uh one of ellis yes et wants just wants to um touch a topic that i feel like is for cameron but we'll, we'll venture if we get there not later on what topic is that uh spo oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah okay yeah perfect let's get into that yeah that's yeah. real before we dive in today, just a reminder that we currently are cooking up two drops a week, one on Wednesdays and then another on Fridays, which will be focused on culture and business endeavors. Hope you start. Just learn, people, please. Make sure that you're subscribed to Point Forward wherever you're listening to your podcast and follow us on all social channels at Point Forward so you don't miss a thing. Now, you already know what it is. Point Forward is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code Point Forward, because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Point Forward. This is Andre Iguodala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life, and that means something, something, something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. That level of understanding has been taken out of the game. Of the game. So, E.T. Huh? In one of the earliest returns <laughs> of the All-Star fan votes, <laughs> there were five Celtics who were in the top 10 for the East votes. Pretty intriguing, I will say that. Um, it is rare for a starting lineup to make the All-Star game. I'm wondering if it truly can be done and who's came closest to it. Let's break it down. I did think the Detroit, I thought Detroit had all five guys. Nah, they only had four, man. Who? who Tayshawn never made the All Star game. Tayshawn never made the All Star game, bro, which is crazy. Tayshawn, Tayshawn never made a All Star game. In correct. Game. Nah, man. Oh, Tayshawn, get it was a dope conversation. Tayshawn had told me um, before we dive into this, but he was saying when they won a championship or whatever, his agent was like, "Yo, now it's time to leave. Go get you a team. Woo off the bam, like finesse from there, like." We can use this. You go start your own team. And Tayshawn basically mm-hmm. was like, look, bro, I know I'm good, but I'm good because I'm around these four Hall of Famers. He's like, yeah. it's not my job to go switch a team. It's your job to go get me the most money in a position I'm comfortable in. And, like, that was pretty much it. So it's like, I, I think he said he took, like, $9 million less for the sake of, like, him knowing the success he had and why. Like, you understand what I'm saying? And being like, yo, I'm I'm better off here with this dynasty than anything else. And you compare it to like a Trevor Ariza situation when Trevor Ariza won that championship with the Lakers 
and try to dip and start his own situation and it didn't uh, air out. Yeah. But I feel like that awareness they went was, to go get meta. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that awareness was everything, but that was uh that was pretty crazy. But no, nah, he wasn't he wasn't an all star part of that four that four duo though. I but think the last team to be able NBA to do all it defensive was, team. Yeah. The last team to be able to do it was your Warriors, right? We they had four. Well, four. They I'm never, saying that's they, the most. They I never, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. It's never been five. I feel like the the Boston Celtics could have had five at some point. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, our list is at once. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, the Lakers yeah. too. They had a bunch of guys. If we go back, I think Et Et, you be killing it with the notes. Uh, 62 Celtics made it. They have four. 75 Celtics have four. Um, 83 Sixers have four. Uh, oh, that's surprising. Yeah, yeah Maurice Cheeks um, was a starter too, dog. Yeah, yeah. Cheeks could hoop, though. I knew yeah. that. He's yeah, yeah, Chicago. Nice. Chicago. Chicago, yeah, you already yeah. know. Yeah. The 98 Lakers have four, and that goes into what you said you wanted to talk about. Like, what does that mean for the championship? So the Lakers, the 98 Lakers have four. That's Kobe, Shaq, Eddie Jones, and Nick Van Axel. Yeah. And, and Kobe was a I, I, Kobe was like the start. He he was a All Star game starter because he was voted in. But I don't know if he was. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's true. You know what I mean? It's true. Similar if to the Penny like situation. The, yeah. Penny kept getting voted in when he and he he was he was still technically hurt. Um, mm. The eleven Celtics: KG, Ray, Rondo, and Paul. I'm really upset about that one. That one kind of hurt me a little bit. I think Chris Chin called me. And because uh, I was trying to push for that, I had good numbers. I was hooping. I was on a tear. But I mean, we weren't trying to win. And so I didn't have a chance. I was upset about that one. I feel like that was. Oh, yeah. I, I, that was my rookie year, right? Yeah. Was that true? We started off the season yeah, three your... and 13. Yeah. So that's my rookie year. So that was kind of tough. No, that wasn't the year I got snubbed. It wasn't 11. It was, uh, I think it was 2000. That's right. The 2000. Yeah. It was 10. Yeah, yeah, it was like 08, 09, or 10, one of those years. It was one of those years. But that year, one of those years. Like 19, 6, and 5. So it's probably t- yeah. 10 years when y'all 10. won 27 games. The year before that was 09. I think y'all made the playoffs. 09 is one, one of them years I think I should have made it. Just one of them yeah. years. Not the terrible year. But it wasn't my fault yeah. they didn't want to win. But yeah, anyway, uh, I remember the 15 Hawks. I got some good stories on them. The um, the 15 Hawks yeah. that had Holford, Teague, Millsap, and Culver because I knew <laughs> that they. We're a good regular season team, and I knew we weren't going to see them in the playoffs. So, like when we were playing, yeah, they won sixty the Hawks, games that year. Yeah, they did. They were going crazy, but I knew playing the Hawks, and you know the coach always wants to have a reason to try to motivate you with a chat, and it was yeah. it happened. It didn't happen too often. Steve is not like a big guy that had to come in and rah rah rah, uh, but a few times he would. And and this particular evening, he was saying, "Guys, this is a team that we can see." in the finals if we get there. Like, we got to take this matchup serious. Like, he would do that against all the good Eastern Conference teams. Like, most coaches do that. When you have a big matchup, like, against the Clippers, you didn't have to do that. We knew. But, like, certain games, like, though, guys, don't forget, we could see them in the finals. And this was Toronto's or another one of those teams before Kawhi. Before Kawhi. But you're like, that's never believable. But it's like, it's like, come on, Steve, get the fuck out of our face. Like, that type shit? No. So I would stop him and be like, I'd be like, "Uh, Coach, hold on. He's like, yeah, Andre, they're not going to the finals in June. <laughs> and he would look at me like, but why would you just why would you just ruin the whole speech I gave? Now the guys aren't up to play. I'm just like, nah, we better win tonight. Like, 
we supposed to win, yeah. like win the game. Like you don't have to motivate me. We gonna go out there and smack them. That's like yeah, but respect do, but our ears. Yeah, they not going to the finals, and <laughs> yeah, sure enough, like I, I knew, I knew the Hawks weren't going to the finals. But shouts out to them. Um, 17, 18 Warriors. They have four. Obviously, we know that. That's when uh, ET has had a few rants on that when those Warrior teams. And so, I, mean, I thought it was. I was surprised all four went to the. Because I, I'll say, bro, four dudes that were in the top twenty in their prime, making an All Star game and winning an NBA championship back to back. Who the fuck would have saw that coming? <laughs> not me. <laughs> not not me. I would have never guessed, bro. You guys are literally the underdogs that whole year, bro. Because at the end of the day, we're just like, bro, because when Steph shoots, that means Clay's not allowed to shoot. And when Clay shoots, that means KD is not allowed to shoot. So I was just like, bro, how do they have any type of advantage? And um, luckily, you guys overcame it, and that's going to be a great story in your uh, in your documentary. Yeah, it'd be like, um, what's that movie called? With Denzel was a football coach. Oh, uh, be like, remember the Titans? Yeah, because we had to oh, integrate. You know, it was like it was like integrating the white and the black, but we had to integrate like the great, the top, the greatest shooters and the best in the egos of the league and make sure it worked. It's like when Steam joined the NWO and um, he Ooh, wore the red, he one. wore the red face paint, and that's when the streets yes. started cracking. And it's like the NWO is already cracking, but then Steam showed mm-hmm. up, and it was da 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 da. And then you remember that, bro? I don't remember the other. I don't remember nobody from that day. So now y'all, I mean, to over to overcome that, bro, was crazy. You guys um had to play versus LeBron James and everything, and that was that was a hell of a matchup. That was a hell of a matchup. Man, don't forget Kyrie Irving, um, who's killing it. Shout out to my. That's a great, great, great analogy with wrestling. Uh, shout out to my man Shri Ram, um, who was a uh, tech titan, doing some dope things at uh, A16Z. Um, he's a huge wrestling fan and so shout out to him but yes the odds of how many celtics this year are going to go into the all-star game and so let me break down the odds first so with two players uh for how many players will make the 2024 all-star roster two players are at a minus 125 which means it's four to five return or four to five odds meaning you if you bet uh if you bet a hundred you gotta bet hundred twenty five dollars just to get a hundred dollars. And so it's not one to one. Um now oh, three players wow. you have right, right, right. So you really is like you gotta bet more money to even make some money. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Because it's uh-huh. it's, pr- it's pretty much a given. It's pretty much a given. Yeah. Now, three players are at plus three thousand, which are thirty to one odds. Uh four players are at plus Fifty thousand, which is five hundred to one odds, and five players at one hundred thousand plus one hundred thousand, which are a thousand to one odds. I'm gonna um, put a stack on that three players. I ain't gonna lie. I might throw four. So, Derek White ain't marketable. If Derek White was like a little bit more good looking, he'd be an all star. Yeah, but Derek White is gonna make the all star team this year over Porzingis. Like, think about this, right? Here's what I'm saying, right? Because we probably would have to. If you want to do it right now, we can go over the whole Eastern Conference roster. I'm just saying, like, over right. Porzingis got to make it. The only reason why I'm saying Porzingis has missed some games this year. You know, they'll they'll use the injuries against you. I think they'll do that against the Clippers. Clippers might only have one guy make it as, as opposed to three. But I'm saying the way that they always have that one guy every single year who they push for the, him to make the All-Star team. It's in the media. It's other coaches. Right. It's their own coach. 
It's the whole media push. It's the whole push for a certain guy to make the All-Star team. Derek White is make the All-Star. He will make the All-Star team this year. But like he has the highest plus minus. He has the highest plus minus in the league. Which has never mattered until this year, which is why I know that. Think about that. No, that's real. I understand. The league is filled with narratives <laughs> for sure. I just that's it's just a lot of guards, bro. So it's like you're gonna take Tatum, you're gonna take Brown. Tatum's a fort. They're gonna put Brown as a fort. A guard. All right. If, if, Brown's if, a guard. Brown's a guard to me too. But Brown might be I a fort on the ballot. Yeah, who knows? I'm just saying, like, when it's coming down to Halliburton, Trey Young, like Trey Young, Jalen Brunson. Trey Young is always used against him. I did. I don't know. Did. I don't know more. Shorty keep getting, yeah. giving out thirty and ten. Now I dig you. He definitely if, they, is. if you're if if you're gonna take it away from somebody, pause. I guess you, you take it away from Mans from Trey. But Brunson, I just don't. Brunson got to make it. I don't see how Brunson not gonna make it. Yeah, Brunson got to make. But how many? I mean, how many guards can you have? Three, four. You got Dame, you got Brunson, you got Trey. Am I missing anybody? You got Dame, you got Brunson, you got Trey. That's saying enough, bro. Okay, you, know, you get you White, Derek, you get a two-guard. You got Halliburton, you got Halliburton too. Halliburton got to make it. That's four. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, like, Trey going to get screwed, like, if that's the case. Like, depending on, like, the numbers. And I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm that's just saying, but, like, but that's crazy, bro. So, yeah, and I did coaches are voting, but, like, let's – if. I'm not disagreeing with a word you're saying. Oh, no, right I'm now. just saying. I'm like, just telling like you what's going to happen. <laughs> I just say, I'm saying it's not like it's a steals category where like a bad defender can go get three steals a night and, you know, make all defensive team. Like Trey is getting 11 or 12 assists a night. And like every year he keeps going into like breaking records. And it's almost like not saying he's getting done like James Harden, but sometimes like the James Harden effect to like put this on a back burner and be like this year. You know, individual stats don't matter, so you won't get the, get the the league MVP. You know what I mean? And next year, do matter, and winning don't matter. And I'm just saying, like, shit, shout out to Derek, Correct. but, like, 28 is 28 compared to a nigga 17 with two of the best, three of the best players in the world. Like, now we screaming this out. Should Chandler Parsons be arguing that he should be an all-star because he's the fourth best option, averaging 15? Who? You know what I mean? I'm saying back in the day when Chandler Parsons was a fourth no, option. I, I he heard getting, you. <laughs> But I'm, but I'm just saying in general, like when we're sitting here, D- Derek might be doing his 16 ain't better than Trey's 28 and 12. And I love the storyline, but shit, they, you you send in the three people the reason why they won. And and Jalen Brown is considered a forward. And I have two other guys. I don't know how we didn't say their names. Donovan Drew. Mitchell and Tyrese Maxey. My 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 point is exactly, dog. And Tyrese Maxey is going ham and cheese. They better be lucky. He Darius is. Garland hurt. Like Darius Garland go crazy too. Yeah. So like when you're sitting here, it's like, man, I want Derek to make it as much as anybody, but it's like Dame is going. That's a thousand. But the East don't have the East don't have big. Well, the East don't have bigs though, so that can make up for Ju- another. That's spot. why Julius Randle's going to be there. That's why Bam Adebayo's Ju- going to be there. Julius Randle's not going to be an NBA All-Star? That's wild. I don't think so. Bam should be. Uh, Tobias Harris might be in there. you can't put Przingis over Bam. Could you put put Przingis over Julius Randle? And Paolo. Paolo might might be just the the third 
big, real, I mean, is he a four? Like, the, it's, it's Giannis, it's Joel, as like your center power forwards. And then Paolo might be your next center power forward, for real. The yeah, numbers he's putting I, in. And they're winning. Yeah, I, no, you're absolutely right. I just don't. I feel you, bro. This is a lot of people that there's a lot of storylines to be taken where Derek White basically, up. basically, we like, say only two Celtics that should make it. <laughs> I think three with Porzingis. Like I think Porzingis did his work early, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I think no, Porzingis okay, so, to make it. Okay, so name one. Name these. I'm gonna name five or six guys. Name any of these. No, no, no. Okay, so we got Bam, Julius Randle, and Benchero. Do you think Porzingis should make it over any of them three? Bam, Julius, Randall, Banchero. What's Bam's numbers, realistically? I Bam like that number. I just think the down. record. I just think the record. The record screams a lot, G. Yeah, you, know I mean? you, you just said you just said it. You oh, playing with shit. two of the Bam best players in the league. Two, ten, and four. Never mind. That's what my I'm trying fault. to tell you, my oh, guy. Yeah, fuck what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> Bam is making you all thirteen. You might be able to go back to Latvia for that weekend. <laughs> he averaging twenty two and ten. Yeah, yeah Bam bro, is killing. Yeah, nah, Bam got to make and, it. And 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 Jimmy is one of the top vote getters in the in the East. Uh, has he played enough games? Who knows? But you Jimmy gonna be there regardless. I'm I'm not mad at that being a lifetime achievement award. That's cool. This man's crazy. Not in a negative sense. I'm just saying, like he missed some. Like nigga, Chris Paul would show up. Miss eighty nine percent of the games and already have his hotel booked. Now I will argue against that one. I will. We kept Steph Curry home for Chris Paul. We kept Steph Curry home one year for Chris Paul and sent David Lee. Listen, you were there for that. Uh, you might be right, but that that might be the only one time. That was two thousand and twelve ish, eleven twelve ish. It was early in Steph's career. Yeah, eleven twelve ish, somewhere around there. Now, but I will say, but that was the first year they turned it around. Let me, let me, let me. Clear that this one thing up, because everybody's been a part of the Chris Paul slander at some point in their career life. Everyone has, right? And so one day I did go back and look at some Chris Paul accolades. Every year that he's made the All Star game, he deserved he deservedly made it. Now I know who snubbed me when I missed the All Star game. I know it to this day. He's one of I used to watch. He was in the movie I used to watch before every basketball game. I just gave you the answer. But Ray Allen. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Because he was with the big three. I was just like, because he was a. Yeah, it's um, right. No, but, and it's right, bro. He was an add on. He was an add on. So he didn't get selected, uh, but somebody got hurt and he was a replacement. I was like, wait. Yeah, just, just, yeah I, I was upset about that. But yeah, I went and like, looked bro, at Chris yeah. Paul's accolades. He should have made it each time. Even when he made it, I think he made it in Phoenix one year. I'm like, damn, he made it late in his career. Like, he missed some years. Chris Paul did yeah. miss some years and he did make the All Star game. And that's what made me I'm look at it different. At it. Like, and so you had a funny comment you just made earlier. It was, it was, it was, it was a slight, but it was real and raw. Right it was now, funny. <laughs> About a lifetime achievement award. You're a funny guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think you know is, how funny you are sometimes. <laughs> I'm saying it's not a lifetime achievement. We be sitting here like, bro, this nigga been washed, and we got to keep. Wa-. You know what I mean? Not I'm Chris. I'm saying like in that. general, you might be sitting. I'm saying you I, might I know be you're sitting not somewhere about- and. Be- Oh, I ain't talking about Chris. I, I know you ain't talking about Chris, but I wouldn't put I wouldn't put the other person in that category. Okay. As long as Jimmy? he just as long as yeah, as long as he keep going, as long as he keeps getting to where he's getting to at the end of the year in, in May and June, you're getting you got no the, argument from me. 
All right, and this is what I was saying in general. So this came off as a backhanded compliment. Like, no, bro, the All-Star game ain't the All-Star game without Jimmy. That's what I meant. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, when it's coming down to it. You think so? Like, no, nah, I disagree with I mean, that. He, 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 I, I don't think Jimmy's a top 20 player, but I can say that. Like, that's that's all I'm saying. You talking about he's good enough or whatever. Let's just call it, like, let's shake hands right here. Like, I say the game needs Jimmy, and you got him in your top 10. And we're going to agree to this. Nah. Like, you know what I mean? I never said that either. Or like top 10 or 15. I'm just saying in general, like that's the best. I think when I think of an all-star game and you're going to tell me uh, everything you told me about Jimmy competing and him as an individual. Like, no, there's not a game where it's featuring top 24 basketball players in the world. Based off what Jimmy has done, bringing people, bringing them, them teams to the finals. Like, no, I think if Jimmy were to sneak in off his back alone, like he deserves that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm with you. I want you. Yeah. So only two Celtics going to the All Star game is what we saying. Man, I don't. That fucked me up then, G. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Is going? Yeah, damn. Yeah, it and Drew, what Drew's is. just the the same the same thing as a lifetime achievement. What's the opposite award? Because that's the award Drew Holiday gets. Because he don't <laughs> never get credit. He, he never gets in. He, he he'll never. Yeah, but that's his own goddamn fault. Like at this certain point, bro, you didn't play with Drew, bro. Drew, Drew probably watched. They probably ran every play for for that Derek for Drew. Derek probably hit one shot, and Drew was like, "No, that's you, man. You good? Keep doing your thing. You look good." Like you know, Drew will take a back seat like a motherfucker and be like, "No, he's so good, bro. Keep doing it. Keep doing it." And it's like, nah, like. I mean, like, like besides Drew being that selfless, I guess, but I, I just think, like, shit, if he wanted to go be an all-star, Drew could go be an all-star. He literally just playing the fifth-man role, dog. That's one of the best compliments I ever heard, backhandedly. Uh, but I think we can give that compliment to Drew. We we won't get any uh, – we won't hear any noise from that compliment. That's the man that keeps trying to retire after he knows they're offering him $150 million. Like, every 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 year, they're like, you playing? ah, ah, ah. <laughs> All right, we got 28 shots for you. We got starting lineup, you know what I mean? Magazine shoots, everything. You sure you want to be part of this? I'll figure it out. I want to go be a husband. Like, that's literally Drew, G. So, like, the fuck? <laughs> Shout out to Drew Holiday. Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness have come together for the ultimate drop, a limited edition collection to celebrate Hennessy's continued partnership with the NBA. Because some things just go together, like Evan and myself. Hey, man, man, remember when we met back in the day at Tim Grover's attack facility? Mm-hmm. I think it was like 08. I was finishing up my freshman year, and you were about to prepare to get that bag, right? Yes, my extension year. We met in 08. In 2010, we fast-forwarded to be each other's teammates. Mm-hmm. I obviously thought I was better than you. Then the first day of practice, I go baseline. And you you Brian blocked my shot before Brian. That was Brian. a good block, G. <laughs> bro, I remember that, that. Bro, that was an amazing block. I'm looking like, bro, what just happened back there? And then I'm like thinking something, like talking to my agent. Like, bro, you just said I was better than this dude? <laughs> Look, on the court, you're surrounded by a collection of personalities, egos, and talent. But when the pieces come together, that's when you form a great team. The same thing is true when you mix a great drink. Different ingredients come together for the first time, complementing one another to make something out of this world. And beyond the drinks, this drop with Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness celebrates the intersection of basketball with art, music, and fashion. Elements of culture that represent ways the fans and players pay homage to the game. The exclusive collection will have a limited drop available for both in retail and online. Check out at Hennessy US on Instagram for more information. 
Hennessy. Without your spirit, there's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Yo, so oh I was wondering, goodness. bro, like, obviously they went deeper, pause, on like, uh, what was the odds of three teams making it, but Say if, like, three players made it or, you know, the more all-stars that made it, does that higher your chances of winning the championship? Like, like how high is that? Like, has any team ever done that? You mentioned, like, nah, the 2011. Me. Besides you guys, of course. But that's a different – that was four players in the top ten. Obviously, it increases your chances. That means you got all the talent. And in the NBA, as opposed to football, uh, teams with the most talent have the higher chances of winning and usually do win it. How, how many guys were on an all-star uh, ballot when the Lakers had five Hall of Famers? You talking about with Gary Payton and them? Or are you talking about how when? Many, yeah, Gary Payton, it was it was Kobe. Gary GP, Payton, Carl. Carl Malone, Shaq. Okay, I guess they wouldn't have had a – they didn't have another guy that was uh, all-star worthy. That was only four steal. Man, and they lost, Gary and they lost in the finals, though. Carl. Carl got yeah, hurt. Niggas was old. Yeah, them niggas old as hell. GS shit didn't even look right. If Carl wouldn't have got hurt, they might have won it. They went to the finals. Bro, Carl left Utah at year 16, dog, and came in the league at, like, fucking 25. <laughs> so, 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 you, like, shit, like, his that was, a bar. was going. Like, yeah, his chances yeah, was, yeah, he had his two chances, 97, 98, 96, 97. Yeah. 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 Somebody, uh, somebody right. asked that I, I feel left out being a fifth guy. That didn't make the All Star team with the four. Did you? I felt low key. I, I I feel like if Harrison Barnes existed, that literally took all the heat off you. Like shit, he started ahead of you. No, this was with the four guys. This was with KD. Oh, all with the four guys. Yeah, when they it's saying that with those four making it, that I feel left out as a fifth guy. That no, I didn't get a free weekend. No, absolutely yeah. not. Because I knew I went, like what you say. Well, you were being funny. You said, uh, yeah, y'all overcame a lot. If Steph's shooting, that means Clay ain't shooting. If Clay shooting, that means KD ain't shooting. Y'all had to overcome. Yeah. That, that's Did what you, life is so, like. You know you ain't so, getting no so shots. So I can't get numbers. So, like, so you weren't tripping, but... um. Did you see anybody from that squad, like, press and be like, man, I, I hope... Because outside of Canada, I'll be like, oh, the same way I'm so sure that, like, the Warriors would have had four that year... Was there anybody on the team being like, ah, shit, I got to get my numbers so I can make sure I make the bus, not, like, be left out and underachieve? Yeah. Because that's mean, a real conversation. It is a I'm great not conversation. I'm to go viral. I, it's just a real I don't need, thing. I don't need to go viral right now. So maybe this is something you bring back up in three years. Because obviously you know the answer. I mean, we all who we are. Like, we hoopers. Like, we, you trying to go hoop every single night, obviously. Yeah. No, I felt that. I mean, if you, if you, if you, I mean, you and I are Hoopers, so we get it. But I, I think people, our fan base has gotten so in tune with the game. Like, they are reading our lips 
as we walk into the arena. Or like they got that uh they got the thing where they're Oh yeah, where people are voice like captioning the, the voice. They're, no, yeah, yeah. no, no, they're, they they have caption of the interaction in the game. I'm like, how are they getting that? And the camera, you can have your back face of somebody and they got the audio coming of two people arguing. Like they had Katie and Russ their interaction yeah. last week or they had some other guys what was being said. They had, like, Damn, they uh, Dennis Schroeder, D Russ. Yeah. Right. All that. All that. Yeah. And so luckily we have it back then, but it's starting I'm saying they're starting to catch up with people's tendencies. So if you just think yeah. about it and even watch basketball today, you know certain people are going they they pressing. They're just who they are. It's not a no, good or, it's not a bad thing. Like sometimes pressing is good. Like you just said about Drew. If Drew would be go like I'm about to press tonight, he would make the All Star team. Yeah. I think one thing that occurs, I, I wasn't asking that for like dirt. I'm asking that for the I know you were like people. Yeah, so people see behind the scenes are like it matters. Like certain weekends during that weekend, niggas' shoes is dropping. Remember Paul George had his first shoe drop and he wasn't in the All Star game. So like when you're yeah. sitting there and it's like it's not yeah. nothing bad. And like when people are like, yo, do you like trade or do you like this person? I'm like, yeah, I like them. I mean, you can't knock a person trying to build a brand. When you're trying to build a brand and it goes outside the team and naturally it's bigger than you, like you're going to be directed to go and remember about that brand. And that's, you know, as a person that like was in that position at one point, I'm like, shit, I can't knock you for doing that. Like, you know, and that's a real thing of being like not pressing, but. It's the same way when dudes are sitting here going after promotion and being like, hey, I do want to make all NBA so I can have 30 extra million dollars. It's not me saying this, but if I'm already here, like that matters. I'm in this business to go do that. Like you watch I mean, billions you like of dudes is, is messing with the market. Niggas is messing with the market on billions to make they. So who says it's really bad? That's why I, that's why I didn't want it to be like a thing of gossip. It's like, no, why, like what Draymond said prior, why is it bad when a player decides to switch teams? But. You know what I mean? A, a CEO might switch companies. And it's like, nah, gee, we're all cognizant of trying to be at the top of our level and caring when it comes. And, and if we don't make it, y'all ask, how do you feel about not making the top 75 or not making this or not making that? And then the presumption is you took a step back. And then when you go behind those closed doors, the difference between a tenth of a point or not or scoring the right night in front of some random beat writer that should that's doing all-star votes can really change your whole life, my nigga. 100%. And when you say it like that, it sounds like common sense <laughs> because it is <laughs> I, to be honest. And yeah. I've had conversations with, you know, I have to, I do, I do feel like in certain moments, like I, I don't want to say certain things, but yeah, I just seen some pretty funny stuff, like really funny stuff. And I have had conversations with, you know, coaches over the summers, like, you know, I'm trying to figure out this or figure out that with their, with their star players. And I know one coach in particular was hilarious. You were speaking about Paul George. And I'm thinking, like, coach, you got to pay attention to certain things. Like, when is his shoe dropping? Like, what week did his shoe drop? And he'll be like, well, what do you mean? I haven't paid attention to that. I'm like, no, that matters, bro. Like, I've been on a team where we had a player's shoe drop during the game. Nike dropped the shoe during the game. For this, I'm like, damn, this is cold. It was like the first time ever. I'm like, this is cold. And that this KD. And so he don't have to try or press. Like, he don't care. He, I don't even know if he wore the shoe that night. But he, he wasn't trying. He still got 30. <laughs> That's but I'm, shit. I'm, I'm, yeah, it depends on the guy. But most guys can't do what KD does. So it's like, I got to go get what I got to go get tonight. Can't be an off night tonight. Yeah, say you sign to a Chinese shoe company. They ain't trying to hear that shit talking about KD. And they're like, <laughs> no, bro, you... Our three fifty million watching y'all, 
want to see Lee Ning or Anta go crazy. Yeah, I never thought about that. You know what I mean? No, that matters. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. It's an understatement of brands. Like, it's not one thing just like your coach calling. You getting check-ins, like, every other week. Then it's like a thing of, like, certain people are like, oh, I'm watching, like, I'm doing my, my players. Like, no, it's extra pressure on all. And then you be looking at your coach like, damn, my nigga, I, I got 25 million riding on me. Are you talking about, <laughs> and we arguing about what my personality's like. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, you come in practice. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, my nigga? You just watched me do a fucking commercial. Help me, motherfucker. Like, shit, we got to make this look good. You out here talking about offensive sets and shit. <laughs> a commercial about to drop in 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to go viral for one good thing or one bad thing. That shit matter, bro. Niggas don't think you show up at the practice. Nigga, like, man, you had four this week. Yes, we're on a run for 15, but it's like, nah, G, like, them brands yeah. matter, bro, and all those accolades yeah. matter, and it's just like, man, the cooperation, and sometimes collaboration on it from coaching and stuff, you can't be naive to it, and, and a lot of times when you're talking about feeling bad for wanting to hit goals, at one point, I was at the point where I wanted to, like, be such a team dude, I didn't have goals to hit reach. How can you live without setting goals? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? At one point, like, I didn't care yeah. about making all NBA. I didn't care about doing none of that shit. It's just I was just floating in it and winning. It's like it's not bad to have goals and have sites yeah. to set and go after them. Because yeah. like I said, yeah. you go after go with the, it's it's eighty twenty. So I got a, a solve for one of our issue for one of your issues. Does it work? What what is it, little folks? I think they they might do it in football a little bit. Like I, I'm starting to see Mahomes in commercials with Kelsey and. His head coach. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so if I'm getting on a shoe, if I got a sh- a shoe endorsement that's a hundred million plus, I'm giving, I'm throwing the coach a two million dollar endorsement deal, fam. We we, we got to be real. aligned on where we trying to go. <laughs> no, that, no, no, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> no, no, I'm being for real, and bro. And that's real, bro. And when it's coming yeah. down to business, you remind it more moving yourself. It's like, no, that's what we got going. Shit, you, shit, you, you get Pat to throw thirty five times a game. That nigga gonna throw you a two million dollar bonus. <laughs> Ask your wife what you think. What she think. <laughs> <laughs> what she think y'all should do in regards to this. Right. Straight up. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that was beautiful. Uh, that was beautiful. The NBA season is in full swing. And when I can't get enough of the action on the court, I spice things up betting on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers bet $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code POINTFORWARD. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NBA and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code POINTFORWARD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, 21 and older. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash basketball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, we have a new segment that I can't wait to get into. This segment is based on a broad range of things uh, from uh, the comments and tweets you sent to us or basically just any type of word on the streets. Let's get straight to it. So, E.T., you made some headlines with the situation that happened with the Toronto Raptors versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see it, but I wasn't. It made me a little nervous because, you know, and I think 
America in general doesn't understand what the word woke means. They've turned the word woke into something that it it, it isn't, and they made it their own version of it, similar to everything yeah, else. Yeah, it's a get back. Woke is just like a, a tattle back, like stop punching on me or don't punch down, like some yeah, weirdo yeah, shit. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. to be honest with you, even if we got in trouble for it, you wouldn't saw me miss not one step because I'm like, no, I did not mean it in that re- regard. So if they think it was hot outside for me, I'm like, bro, it's winter. Because I'm not, <laughs> I'm fuck, what you talking about? You're going to call me a xenophobe. <laughs> like, what is it? Yeah. Who created that? Like, bro, what? Imagine uh, putting it. No, they called you the Tyrone Bisbee. They called you the Tyrone Bisbee of xenophobes. You know, they, Tyrone Bisbee was a black white supremacist. So oh, yeah, you said it on Twitter. You were saying we'll get to it, but you you stated, uh, you mean to tell me, uh, you're saying I'm making fun of somebody that that I is the same to- vein that those to say the same thing about me. Well, no, I basically yeah, say yeah. I say y'all will wash wash y'all hands just to wipe your ass. So yeah, coming yeah. from a situation and being like, yo, bro, with all due respect. If you're going off on a rant, coming from a nigga like with a different voice, it's like, nah, bro, that rant ain't going to hit the same. Folks is laughing. So all I said was like, yo, he probably should have had the assistant coach dive into it because it's going to hit different when you have an accent. And everybody's like, who are you saying? And it's like, bro, I would know, motherfucker. Like, shit. But that's, that's life in the streets, man. That's 2024. Let's keep I going. Like we covered, I feel like we just covered that topic that fast. That was yeah, we covered marvelous. that like a motherfucker. Yeah, marvelous. And, and, and it was good to see some heat on you because, you know, I've been slandered for much less, as we all know. Heat, man. Uh, there ain't no such thing as heat, baby. <laughs> the only thing I worried about was like, uh, this is what I'm really worried about. So somebody must, must have posted something from like a fake, like uh, Udonis Haslam page, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I go back and like you dying. It's like, bro, worry about yourself type shit. Like, you do you, like, woo out the bam. So then I send like two or three more like little jabs. So then turn out not to be you dying. page. So basically, I just got to stand on it when I see the nigga. And that's the, scary- <laughs> <laughs> and that's the scariest part about this whole thing. It's literally keeping that same energy and looking that man dead in his eye. So, yeah, that was, that was my only scare. I'm like, fuck, I just got into a Udonis. It's like Udonis or, you know what I mean, the other people that, that cancel you. I'm like, I'm definitely scared of Udonis. And I be by myself all the time. So I'm like, bro, they're going to they gonna catch me the first day. You and, know and, I mean? and, he, and, and he looking for people in grocery stores when he's 85. So he he's serious. <laughs> Man, he's he was mad at Bill get... Russell. He was and mad that's at what Bill I Russell. Said. I mentioned that. He was like, you saying they get hype. I said, bro, you put out a release saying fuck Bill Russell. Are you talking about get hype? <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about, OG? And then it turned out not to be that nigga. So I just got to be ready to fight when I see him. And that's it. <laughs> but was he right? Coach Darko was Coach Darko. He was Coach right? Darko, like, were no. his sentiments? <laughs> no, absolutely. I think he was right. When he said so, a few things, for the 23 fouls in 12 minutes is aggressive. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that he said was like, why do you, why do they have to win tonight? That was powerful. Like tonight y'all decide. <laughs> no, that was real. He's like, so why? So they've been losing and everything. So y'all just decide for sure they have to win tonight. And I understand it's frustrating because it was like, hey, man, 24, five, 24 free throws. Compared to one, the only funny thing about it was when LeBron was like, shit, I thought they fouled and we did 
That's something I would say. They found. They found, and we did it. And then they got the brush and the scalp. <laughs> bro, the fact that man was brushing that shit, bro, is crazy. Shout out to the goat, bro. That's how long he been playing. A lot of y'all that been hating on Brian and like trying to make like fun and shit. Like, go back to 03. Brian had one of the greatest hairlines of all time. You know what I mean? Buddy, the responsibilities of the world, the NBA, the game, bro, that's gonna wear you down, bro. Trying to break records and shit. You signed 90 million. The second he signed 90 million, shit started creeping back. ASAP. The top five scores of all time, they got got with the hairline. Bron, Kareem, Carl Malone, Kobe, MJ. Man, Carl Malone got got early. Shit, and MJ, you do that. MJ got early. Some niggas MJ got early. got it like 25. Nigga, bro, Carl shit was back here and edged up like this and that way. What he did Kobe. have a good. I don't know. I don't know if he s curled that thing or not. But yeah, he, he had a little curl. Curl. He did. He had one of them. He had one of them. Oh, I do want to go back to coach, right? This is why I can never coach. Et, I swear, I swear, I swear to you, I've thought of this too many times. I've sat on the bench a few times and thought, if the referees was just on this straight nonsense that they, that we feel they own, right? Like, and it's in our opinion, like, though, tonight y'all own some nonsense. We ain't gonna win tonight. I literally would be like, yo, my young fellas, go get y'all some good run. I'm talking about from like five minutes in the first quarter on. Like, y'all play the rest of the game. We just gonna get some good run tonight because we know what time it is. Not in terms of like there's something happening, but if it's if I ever get that no, feeling, of course. like, yo, y'all, yeah. come on, man. Like, we we came to work like y'all did. I had to tell the ref one time, like, listen, our minutes matter too. And this is before Black Lives Matter. <laughs> this is before yeah, no, Black no, Lives no, Matter. No, no, I'm like, listen, no, I think I might have told the story before. Like, hey, man, our, our minutes matter too. He's like, what you mean? Fam, all of us, we trying to make the team. I'm trying to make sure I keep my minutes. I'm trying to get a rhythm for the playoffs because these are the only minutes I'm going to get mm-hmm. some shots up. Hey, man, I'm I'm at work right now too, so respect my minutes. And he was like, huh, I never thought about it like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. We had a very very yeah. heart-to-heart, eye-to-eye conversation. You know, it's the truth. Because I go three for – like, I had a chance to go three for six, and you don't blow the whistle and I'm two for six, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, that's the <laughs> difference between 30 – 33% and 50%, but, like, you joking shit. It's like, nah, bro, like, don't forget the middleman. Like, shit, we be fouling each other and fucking each other up, too. You call a foul. Point. Forward. Yo, but what I was saying was uh, one thing that occurred while I was, uh, you know, messing around and, and listening to, like, the word on the streets uh, was, uh, how about the Spose situation? How true do you think that was? The I don't Coach know what you're talking Spose about. Situation. You got Inform me. I, I don't be my ear isn't to the oh. ground as as close as it used to be. Yeah, well, I, I was in the fields. You know, I stay in the fields, so I heard a little bit of everything. But um, that's here no, never say. But whatever. So long story short, apparently Coach Spo just signed that hundred twenty million dollar deal. Shout out to I Coach saw that. Spo. Very deserved. I see people that uh, I love when people get a great pay raise in a beautiful city. It's like I envy them, but I'm like, man, you better ball. You better do your thing. You know what I mean? That penthouse better be right. You better be living. If I show up, you telling me you got a stopwatch with a motherfucking like Toyota Corolla with cotton seats, like that's when you should get your punk ass robbed. But long story short, I believe Spo mm-hmm. wouldn't do this. Apparently, they're saying they waived this offer him the contract extension. Mm-hmm. 
until his divorce is final. Oh, he got divorced. He got divorced, which is pretty low key too. But they said he mm-hmm. he got the contract extension after his divorce is final. You is know that what? not crazy? What, what? So now that we have our um, Friday drops, which is <sighs> business and culture, yeah. is that is this are these business lessons that we're learning here? No, that's what I'm trying to. I, I'm asking the same thing. That's what I'm, it's definitely a chival, chivalristic. Is that a real word? It definitely ain't chivalry, but it's 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 some. So, I got some really good. I don't know. I should give away this game. I got some really good advice from. Obviously, I didn't listen. But wait, I did. And, and no, no, no. It doesn't matter. My situation is different. My wife can have half. Like I ain't tripping, right? I mean, you've known her since she was nine. I mean, all get, things give her some, all all these all things on this podcast uh, uh, or put us under the influence of saying things that we shouldn't say i that's my asterisk on that but yeah separate from that richard jefferson told me get married in your last two years of playing and i was like what you mean he said even if you sign a prenup you're she's still entitled to half after y'all get married Okay. So he said, why get married before your prime earning years or before your first big contract? Because she's subject to half of everything else after the fact. Now, she's not subject to half before y'all got married. That's where the prenup Well, you don't get married is. because you want to be a good guy. Yeah, but you could be a good guy and get half your stuff taken. <laughs> Both of those can be true oh, at the same time. <laughs> you oh, no, feel I me? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I feel you, King. I was just saying that's the words I heard right before my <laughs> niggas got got tricked to the altar oh you a good dude huh okay <laughs> all right yeah you uh right you different all right you right. you done with the games all right cool there we go <laughs> you get married at 23 man good luck man and so i right, guess i can't come back over this house no more but keep going <laughs> and so i'm saying <laughs> you know that was the advice he gave me he said you do all your prime earning years he was like right now you can just be together you know because there is something called common law that you can get a prenup for and i apologize mm-hmm. ladies for you know giving the game out but it needs to be given the way the game's being played based on what i see and so you can your and then once your last two or three years hit you know you're on the vet minimum now okay we can we can part ways with this if we ever part ways hopefully we don't um and so yeah you make strategic timing decisions on if you can on how you can get paid based on your earning potentials and that seems to be the case here with the miami heat and their extension mm. of their exposure point forward we headed back home to chicago to chop it up with the one and only nikola vucevic we had our friends and family out super dope really unique rooftop studio setup. you will be hearing chicago in all of its glory Sirens, helicopters, and all. Sort of like Grand Theft Auto. In addition to that, we feel like it fit the scene that was set with Vucevic's amazing story uh, from childhood, growing up with a professional basketball parent, and a horrific scene of an accident that that could have possibly kept him from being who he is today. We hope you all enjoy the story. Every time I meet somebody from the original Yugoslavia, 
you think if you guys were able to play with that team in the Olympics, would y'all be able to win Great question. an Olympic? And if so, who would you put on that team? Who would be the starting lineup? And you got to think, uh, who, is, who would that be? Luka Doncic? Yeah, Luka, Jokic. Probably. Bogdanovich, both of them. Both of them, yeah, two of them. Uh, Zubek. Well, if Jokic is the five, the four would be... Miritich. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. If, if you go like EuroLeague players and all that, it's then it's... Yeah, I don't know who would play the four, but uh, let me see who... Miritich probably started the four, unless you like went really big and like maybe put you like was you start? me and Jokic or something. Yeah. But I still think the U.S., if they brought like the best, best big dogs, I think it, 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 it'd be tough for us to still beat them. Over you, you don't think Yugoslavia would have a chance? I don't know. You guys want to bring their best, best player? It's tough, man. I mean, because you got like Kevin Durant. You got like Steph skill, Curry, athleticism, like IQ, LeBron, all of it skills, in one. Like, like, we're not as athletic. Like, I mean, we, if we slow the game down, well, over one game, you never know. But I think like U.S. was probably still be the favorites, which, by the way, I think the U.S. should start bringing their best players to the World Cup. Because if you're the U.S. and you're like the basketball powerhouse, you can't finish eighth and then fourth in like two. <laughs> But we're here with uh, Nick Vucevic, our guy from Philly. Philadelphia, old we go way back. We go way, way, way. A lot of don't even know I played for Philly. It's crazy. People know he played for Philly. A lot of people don't know I played. They don't know, bro. He barely played, bro. When we went on that run, like six months. Yeah, when he went on that run, he was in Doug Collins' doghouse. So yeah, towards the end, yeah. So we had that conversation today. We're definitely gonna have that conversation today. The first question I think. People don't know that you played in Philly. But I remember when you left, I was like, man, Buddy's just got transferred. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he go, he's going to survive, bro. He's going to be successful. Bro. No, we I, knew I, he was good. Yeah, we knew you were good. But I just knew, like, when you left, I knew you were so deep in Doug Collins' doghouse that when you got traded, I'm like, good for him. Because it would be over for him if he came back. It was a weird, like, year for me. Like, Doug loved me from, like, the first workout he saw me. He was yeah. like, we want you. Like first time you saw me, and then like when I got there, like it was, it was weird because it was lockout year, so I didn't have like summer league. I didn't have like a whole summer like camp, all that. It was like all was like kind of congested. I played overseas and I came like next day just practice, so I was kind of thrown into it. But I played well early on. I don't know if y'all remember, like I got hurt in Miami, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like I strained my quad, and like the doctor said it wasn't like anything so we go to shoot around i'm thinking i'm fine i try to shoot like my knee gives in yeah so i come off for whatever reason doug thought like i wasn't injured like i i don't know if he got it wrong i don't know what happened i never actually even like cared as but then after that he was kind of like on and off me and then like we didn't play as well as a team whatever and then like there would be like periods where you'd like he'd let me play and it was fine and then sometimes but i didn't play towards the end he didn't play me at all but like, I'll say this, for me, it was, like, a great learning experience because, yeah. you know, I came from college, you know, I was the guy, and then, like, you come to, like, a different, like, the NBA, and, like, it's not the way, same way, and then you have to, like, learn to, like, do everything on your own. Like, if you're not playing, you got to do, like, extra work, and, like, they don't really teach you that in college because they tell you, like, they tell you when to practice, when to do all these things, and right. then you play, so you don't know. So I think all of that was a good, very good learning experience for me. But yeah, I think that for sure me getting traded helped me then like start over and like kind of get a new opportunity and play. Cause I don't think it would have worked out the same way in Philly, but like looking back at it, it was a good learning experience for me. But it was weird. Like I never really understood why he kind of got off me so quick. Like I never really did anything 
wrong like that. You know, I had bad games, but I, like I was a rookie. Like you know, it happens or whatever. Like it was a little weird the way he kind of was just off me out of nowhere for like no apparent reason. Maybe because he thought I was faking injury or whatever. But like still, like I played out. So I don't know what happened. It was really weird. But then. Like if I could tell, even in summer and stuff, it just wasn't the same. And when they traded me, I was like, "Yeah, it's probably better for me to just move on." But it was, I don't know, it was, it was weird. Evan got the answer for that. I don't know. You always got some. I don't got no answer <laughs> for it, bro. I don't have no answer. <laughs> I don't have an answer. But uh, we skipped so super far. But let's take it back from the beginning, you know, and uh, your upbringing. I, I don't think a lot of people know. Obviously, you're one of the best big men in the league, but. Uh, the basketball uh, pipeline that you come from is unbelievable. Your dad played, was a professional, European professional for over 20 years, right? You had like a 24-year pro career. And your mom played for the Montenegro national team, correct? Yeah. It was the Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia yeah, national yeah, yeah. team back in the day. Yeah. And uh, you spent most of your childhood in Belgium, right? Long time ago, yeah. yeah so let's, let's take it back there from, uh, you know, watching your dad play basketball and you first touching the ball. Yeah, so yeah, my dad played, uh, he actually, he even also played for Yugoslavia National. He played with Drazen. Oh, uh, wow. And, yeah, so he mm. played in the, the 80s when like, it was like some of the best Yugoslavian yeah. basketball then. But yeah, I mean, I grew up around it. My uncle's a coach too. Um, so just kind of came natural to me. I always like, always used to go to my dad's practices, games. I always wanted to be like him. That was like my dream, be like my dad. And so, so I was a little like always basketball in the hallway of our house just all day, every day. And then, uh, yeah, as I got older, you know, I wanted to play basketball. And uh, but it, one thing that was good is my dad never pushed me towards it. It was just more so like he saw that I liked it. This is what I want to do. And then once I got to a certain age, then he kind of sat me down and we talked about it. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was you know, my family came naturally. And obviously, I was, you know, I was born, you know, kind of having certain skills and things like that and a feel for it. And then. I feel like once I got to like 15, 16, that's when he kind of really turned it up and kind of like started like, cause he saw as like, I told him like, I just what I want to do. So he was like, okay, this is the way. And he was like really like straight with me. He was coaching me actually back home and he was like really on me. And uh, at times it was difficult cause it's like your father. So you're at home, like yeah. it's your dad, but then he goes, he's your coach. He like yelling at you, you're doing all these things. And you're like, like what's going on? But then like, it's helped me and then so yeah, I started in Belgium. I was 10 years old when I started playing. I lived there until, well, I lived there for 11 years, but from 10 to 12, I played there. Then I went to Montenegro for four years. And then after that, I went to uh, high school in uh, California in Simi Valley, Stonebridge Prep, then USC for three years. Then I got drafted. So all over the place a little bit. Yeah, but when you're in high school, was that the time when you realized you wanted to go pro? You talked to your dad, and he, uh, you were able to move to America for your senior year of high school. Yeah, so I was, uh, yeah, after my junior year, I was playing Montenegro, and, like, he felt, like, for me to, like, improve, I had to go, to, like, to somewhere where I wasn't necessarily the best player, and, like, I had to, you know, fight for more, because, you yeah. know, in Montenegro, like, in my team, I was becoming the like, best player, and he saw I was com becoming a little comfortable, so he always, for him, for him like, the biggest thing for me was to always push me, like to not let me get like happy where I am, to always push me, push me. And so he felt like I needed something that would like put me in a really tough position out of my comfort zone to like make me take the next step. And so there were like options in Europe, options like different things, but he wasn't big on me going pro that early because he felt like I wasn't ready yet physically, yeah. especially. And he was worried that if I go to like a big team in Europe, like, I'd just be on the bench, you know, yeah. and not play and not get an opportunity. And he like, we, he really liked the US way, like with co through college when you still like, you know, you get a couple of years to develop. So the idea was go to 
high school for a year and if I get a scholarship, great, you know, I can stay. If not, I can come back. I could always come back. And then, yeah, I went to Stonebridge for a year. Uh, what was that like when you first started out? Of course, it's like a language yeah. barrier and a new place. But be honest, was environment. I, I, yeah, like, how was basketball in America compared to... I was going to... Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, because what, yeah. <laughs> it was tough at first, like the language, the different culture, different everything. And back then, you didn't. we have internet like today everywhere, you know, your phones and everything. You wouldn't have access to it all. I remember my first tournament, um, like we played three games, it was in Vegas, and I scored a total of six points. Like, <laughs> I, I just could not... Damn. Yeah, it was like... The game was so fast. Everybody was so much like more athletic than me, quicker. Like I was like, I grew kind of a lot. So I was yeah, a little bit, you know, like white, body, right? big man who's like slow and can't yeah. really move. So I was like kind of at that phase. And so like, I just could not figure it out. Like I was just getting like, out. and then, but by, so that was kind of like in October, November, by, like we had a Christmas tournament. By then I was already like figuring it out a little bit. And then by, as, as year went on, it was better. But I remember the first tournament was just like, what's going on like do I even belong here like it was it was tough uh I just could not figure it out and then like as it went on I got better but yeah it's just that you realize how much quicker the game is here uh like more free for players to express themselves you know in Europe is much more control mm -hmm. you know conscious control a lot of it uh you got you have to play within the system like completely yeah. you know here is more like we have certain like way of playing but then it's on a player that could create and yeah. use his skills iq to do stuff so that's how i was there so for me it's like that i think that was also part of it but me making that transition really helped me because I, I felt like that's what for me the difference was like the skill set i had it and like that was obvious but the physical part like yeah. the physicality game the speed like that was something that here, I'm going especially to college and then the NBA, like the way they approach that, like that part of the game, that really what like helped me take that next step. You know, I felt like if I stayed in Europe, maybe I wouldn't have got it to that level. Yeah. So uh, once, you know, I figured out a little bit, once I got like my body got a little stronger, developed, it helped. But even when I got to college, my first year was tough too, because then I was, you know, I was, I was a year younger than my yeah. uh, age. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, I was yes, 90, yes. but everybody was born 89 when yes. I was a freshman. So, that was a little bit tricky too, but then my sophomore was better than like junior, I took a big jump. So I think like in the moment it was tough for me to figure it all out, but as like the years went on and time passed and I like I started getting more comfortable, like I really see like big jumps in my development once yeah. my body started catching up to like my skill set. Who was your coach at USC? First it was uh, Tim Floyd and then oh, it was Floyd. Kevin O'Neill. Oh, Kevin O'Neill. Yeah. Kevin O'Neill. Yeah. He's an Arizona player. Oh, like okay. A yeah. Hot second. Yeah, yeah, I do. Remember. Like a real hot second. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like 20 games. Really? <laughs> oh, that's, that's it? <laughs> yeah. It was like, I think he might have got a year in. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. It was He's crazy. pretty intense. Yeah. 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 And they don't have him like that no more. Yeah, right. For sure. So you had like a, you know, a up and down year as a freshman. You, it took a couple, uh, what, six games to pass uh, Clearinghouse or whatever? Eight games, yeah. yeah eight, eight games. games yeah. And then. That was good for me because that helped me, like. Yeah. I just like all, all I could do was well, I could practice with the team, but they travel out in. But like, yeah. so I could lift all the time. So I was just lifting and working on my game. So actually, it was good for me that I actually didn't play those first eight games because I probably wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. So I got probably a good month or so just work on myself. And when I got to play, I mean, I only played like 10, 15 minutes a game that year, but like it was for me, it was huge to even get that experience. At what point when you're at USC where you're like, okay, I think for sure I can make it. Like I belong here. I'm an NBA big. Like who'd you go up against? Like what was certain moments, certain games where you're like, yo, this, I won't be needing to use my, like 
go back home and yeah. play anymore, I'm going to for sure play. I think that when I started thinking about it, it was my sophomore year. We played like teams like Texas, Tennessee, and they had like prospects. Like they had a uh, Damian James. James yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Dexter Pittman. Yeah. yeah. Dexter Pittman, wow. Yeah, yeah. He was Pittman. in Texas. Tennessee yeah. had a, uh, I can't remember his name. Ty yeah. Smith. Uh, I think it was him, yeah. yeah. Something like some player like. Yeah. Brian, the big guy. The Chisholm big, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Wayne Chisholm. Wayne Chisholm. Wayne Chisholm. Yeah. Chisholm. Yeah. He but can yeah, shoot the three, too. And then like, you know, in the Pac 10, they had like a lot of good players. and. Like I could see that like I could play with those guys. And so I had like, that's when I started thinking about it. Like, okay, maybe I have a chance. And then like, cause before that for me, it was like stay four years, go back to Europe. And you know, like NBA was like, I didn't think it was realistic. And then my junior year, like I really took a big, huge step forward and I was like really playing well. And uh, that's when I, I knew I have a shot. But even like when I declared, a lot of people were very surprised cause yeah. they still had it projected like second round. And but a lot of these people that are in front of me, like I knew I was a better player than them. Yeah. And so once I like, started like the combine really helped me and then like the workouts and everything, then I really like started jumping on people's boards, drive boards. But it was uh, it was a for sure a process. Like I, I wasn't like this huge prospect that you kind of knew from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, he's it was really a work in progress that got me to where I am. So walk me through kind of like who who uh, who Nick is in terms of your demeanor on the court, you know, as a rookie, you're soft-spoken. You know, you're a rookie, so you don't say much. But, oh, but um, even before that, you know, you said you were your man and your team back home in Montenegro, and then even in college, your later years, you're the man. You know, are you are you vocal? You know, what's it like, you know, being on the court with you? Are you calling for the ball? Do you need your touches? Like, you know, kind of walk me through how you approach the game and, and how you vocalize yourself, and then how do you make your presence felt out there on the court? Hey there, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast. And yes, we are in the thick of the college hoop season. Our pod runs at least three times a week and covers everything you need to know. From the power conference team to the mid-majors, the scoops, the stories, game predictions, previews, huge recaps, everything. We cover it all. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your pods. Well, it's changed over the years, you know, like it's evolved. I think, you know, even after feeling my first couple of years in Orlando, you know, trying to still figure out who I am, like as a player, like what my ceiling is. And then like, it's also changed when once I became like an all-star and then I made the playoffs, like with Orlando, all that, like once I've achieved a little bit of things, I think it's, it's changed the way people look at me and like the way to respect me and value my game. And then it's also then changed my approach. I wouldn't like, I'm not the most vocal guy. Like I don't always say yeah. stuff. I like I always I try to pick the time to say things when I need to. Uh, I try to like mainly lead by example, like through my work and my approach of the game, and um, that's something that I'm big on. That I, I really believe in. That's I think goes a, a long way. I think the, the talk, if you don't back it up, eventually kind of die, die, dies down, and people don't listen anymore. So that's a big thing for me. But I still say I'm. Mostly calm, like on the court, quiet, but like I'll, I'll get uh, rat- like get pretty upset cool. at times and things like that. That's kind of the Balkan part in me. You know, we all have that. You know, yeah. if you see, look at Jokic, Luka, and all those guys. We have that in us. But uh, yeah, like you no know, competitive, but we don't always like show it through our emotions as much. It kind of comes out at times. But uh, yeah, more, I'd say just mainly like lead by example and trying to do the right thing always yeah. and uh, do it that way. How do you battle through a turmoil? Because a couple of times you brought up in your career, you know, three, three, six points over three games yeah. when you first played AAU. 
you know, you had to do the clearinghouse and play so much your, your, you know, your freshman year, and then you come to Philly, you know, one of the top 16 pick. It goes up and down, and they ship you off to Orlando on a rebuild situation. But it seems like in those moments, you somewhat accept them and, you know, take your time, really build and set yourself. The type of process was that when you went there and the patience you showed to be able to continue to build your career. Well, and I think in a lot of those cases, especially when I was younger, a lot of it, like, was like my dad being ex-player and having to, like, him probably dealt with a lot of situation, having him on my side and, like, talking to me through the situation helped a lot. Like, for example, like the clearinghouse thing was like, um, that was really, like really stressful because it was like very last minute, uh, even like not only for the basketball part, but even for my grades because they didn't accept all the grades. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. And like, it was like uh, back and forth. I had to take some extra classes, but I was on a time limit. And so like just having to go through all that, you know, as a 17 year old kid, you're like, because I was still 17 when I got to yeah. see first, you're like, oh, it's all gonna like fall apart. I'm gonna have to go back and like, things like that. So. Having him like kind of help me with that, and then also through basketball, like when I like that first game, those first couple of games in high school, I was like, like I call him like, hey, my, this is not for me, I can't. And he's like, just you know, keep working, like take your time, like, like the coach was like, like really like, well now they'll call it old school, but like he was like really strict, like really hard on us, like we used to like practice at like five, six in the morning, like then after school again, like. Mm -hmm. Like we lost because we lost like three games in Vegas. He made us run at four in the morning on a parking lot of it. Like we, we used to we, we practice at a 24 hour fitness in Simi Valley. So we came back at like okay. four in the morning. We were running on a parking lot, like people coming out of the like backing out of the spots. Like we were running behind him. And all. Yeah, it was so I was like, man, he's crazy. Like he hates me. He's always pushing me and things like that. And he's like, that's because he like my dad would be like, that's because he believes in you. If he didn't care, he wouldn't say nothing to you. Like right. he wouldn't waste his time on you. So. Each situation that happened, especially when I'm a younger age, I would always like talk to him and like he would always find a way to kind of get me through it. Same like with, in Philly, you know, when it wasn't always going well, he's like, you know, it's, it's, it's part of it. Like you're on players, just stay with it, it happens. And like, so it's just kind of him being there. That's really what's helped me the most. And as I, then I, as I got older, and that, you know, then you start to figure out and learn to just be patient yeah. and work your way through and, you know. Yeah, but, but talk about that time in Philly, because, uh, you know, we all been traded from the team. You played for the team that drafted you the longest, but yeah. sometimes you get traded from the team that drafted you. What what mindset did you have when, you know, sometimes it's kind of like a dream deferred yeah. and they kind of like just send you somewhere and it's like, when you weren't there next year, I'm like, damn, so he just gave up on Nick, I guess. Like, did you, what type of way did you feel? Were you just grateful in that sense? Because for, actually for me, I, I thought it was a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like at that time I wasn't, cause uh, I think they, they signed Kwame Brown. They had re-signed Spencer. They had Lavoy, Allen too there. So yeah. like Doug told me like, I was gonna be like four strings. So I, like me playing was like really small chances. So when he traded me, I was like, well, I'm going somewhere where there's no big man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I have a chance to play. So for me, it was good because I just felt like in Philly, like, like I said, for, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, he wasn't, he didn't believe me in, in me anymore, which was really weird because he was so high on me. Like literally the first workout yeah, he saw me, he told me, we will pick you if you're there at 16. Now, he I literally remember, told me that. I remember being in the gym and he came up to me and he's like, bro, I know who we're getting. And I'm like, yeah. who? He's like, he's 255, seven feet. You know, yeah. long, like, unbelievable shot, right. un unbelievable touch. And I'm like, who is he? He's like, he's from USC. I'm like, USC? That's <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, I'm like, the fuck? Like, like that type but thing. a lot of people, like, I was no, really I didn't, under the radar. Yeah, and that's, yeah, like, and that, didn't really know about and that's what I'm saying. And then he was like, man, he averages 17 and 9. He's strong and everything. So when you walked in the gym, I'm like, damn, 17 and 9, that's not, that's real. 
And then when I saw like your body and everything, pause, I was like, oh, this is thorough. And Dre will always talk about your hands because you're a great pause. Yeah. You're great, like touching everything yes. like that. Yes. So we kind of knew what it was. It's just like the flow of, uh, yeah, we're all in the trenches in Philly, bro. Right? All of us. And I remember, I never forget uh, one day, I don't know if you remember, uh, and I understood where Doug was coming from. You know, like, I don't, you know, we have our, we all have our day. <laughs> I want to right? hear it, bro. <laughs> but I understood where he was coming from, where he wasn't, he was, stop shooting them damn threes. Oh. Stop shooting them damn threes. He didn't like you shooting threes, right? And I'm I like, man, this is before big was shooting threes. No, no, but he could really shoot them. I'm like, bro, yeah. I ain't never seen a big that could shoot like this. Hey, man, shoot it every time you get it, right? But he in the battle with the coach, with he telling him something else, and so... That was the that was the thing to me that I was just like, why would we take away from that skill set? But I think he was him being hurt or anybody being hurt because people don't realize Doug's career ended because of injuries. Yeah. Doug was the number one pick in the draft, right? Yeah. And his career was derailed quickly off yeah. injury. So I don't want to speak for him, but it felt like he didn't have any sympathy towards anyone being hurt. He was like, yeah. we played through injuries when we were younger. Like yeah, that's yeah. what we did. So yeah. like you guys, I don't have no sympathy for him. I, I died about this game. So you should have the same, you know. Yeah. Feelings towards it as well. Yeah. We, they, I mean, I don't agree with that, but I think that's where he was coming from. But speaking on that, shooting the way you shoot the ball, have you always been able to shoot like that? And how how have you embraced the lead gearing towards, you know, the big shooting the three more? Like, do you think about that? Or are you just like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm eating now. Like, my game has always been like this, so I don't have to make that transition. It was, it was an adjustment for sure to three for me, uh, especially, like, mentally. Uh, but... Like, I, I mean, at a young age, I was like, had pretty good touch, but and like mid-range, especially like three here and there. And in college, I didn't really shoot threes until my junior year. Yeah. Um, then in the NBA, like for first couple of years, I didn't really shoot many threes. It was forbidden, you know, and then, yeah. and then out of nowhere, it was just like shoot them. And so it took me a little bit because like, the way I looked at it was like, they're taking away from my like main game, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I didn't, look at it right away as like oh this could become like a big thing for me like a, a huge like bonus to my game that i can add and and then also so for me it was that fight first like man i'm like going over three from three where i could probably make like i'll probably go three for four from mid-range but yeah. then once i started like realizing what else the three could do for me then i started embracing it you know but until you see the ball go through the net a couple of times, it doesn't yeah, like, you know, like, you just can't. And I think there's a part of like the front office and coaches don't understand that. Like, for us players, like the ball, like right, you yeah. just have to see it go through the net, like for extended time for you to like, in practice it was fine, but like in games, you know, you like you miss a big shot or something like, then you start overthinking it. And it's something like mid range or something I did my whole life is like, you know, I, I just know it's my game. So it took a little bit, but then once I started realizing, like once I started making a little bit of threes, then you start having teams like close out on you yeah. then opens up the drive, yeah. it spaces out everything. Uh, then they started like switching and I have a chance to go sp post up a smaller guy, like things like that. Once I like saw all that, then I really embraced it. And uh, I still think like, you know, the three for me is not like, you know, it's not like who I am, like a three-point shooter big, like yet, like, but it, it's a, like, if I make him, it's a like problem and people like fear him, like for me making him. Cause I've like, I've had games where I make a lot and yeah. it changes the game completely, but it opened up my game so much more where like now I'm able to drive yep. like to the rim, create for others, yeah. you know, uh, 
I, I play like we play five out. It opens up so much for me. Like it's harder like for big men to go. I know when I guard big men, I can shoot threes. It's hard like with all the spacing yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, like you got to show and come back. Well. You know, yeah. like I mean, you. It's hard. So it opened up so much. I think it's not just the three itself. I think it just changed my game completely because now I, I do so much out there. That's hard for other bigs to guard. That's helped. That's really helped evolve my game. And it's not until I got to there that that's when I became an all-star. Once I started hitting threes and it opened up other stuff, that's really when like my game really evolved. And I took my scoring too from back then, like 16, 17 to 20, 22, three, because yeah. you know it opened up so much and added so many more weapons to my game. Yeah. Let's go back to talking about the all-star year and like when you first became an all-star. What was that like? When did you know? Like, did you kind of feel something switch where you're like, yo, I might. Fuck around, be the best, one of the best bigs in the league. It's only 24 All-Stars, And it's right? only 24, yeah. 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 I mean, for years, I felt like I was close. We just in Orlando, we weren't ever, like, this, our team record wasn't there. Like, I had numbers that other big men that made it. But, you know, we weren't winning, so I never really had a chance. But that year, that was the first year that Clifford came in. And, uh, you know, I always talk about him, that he's helped me a lot. And people always take it as, like, oh, he's, like, added his kill to my game or something. But it really wasn't like that. It was just more so... Um, he he's really helped me improve my mindset. Like he really, like helped me. He gave me a lot of more confidence in my game and the belief that like I can match up against any of these big men. Like first dinner we sat down, like he just like talked me up. But you could tell it wasn't just like hyping me. Like he was right. actually like they speaking like really yeah. th- like real facts, like showing me numbers, showing me things. Like like this is what you need to be, what you need to do. And he was really on me from the beginning and. We just like connected. Like I, I respond well to coaches that are like strong-minded. I think like it goes back to like from home because that's how it is back home. And I really respond well to that. And so he he's like that. And uh, I think I just responded really well to his coaching, his approach. And like that year, I just had a totally different mindset. Like I, I really felt like like I was playing with like a chip on my shoulder. Like I, I belong among the best, yeah. and I wanted to show it. And um, so we started playing well, like we also the team and everything, and I was playing that good. And I mean, he, the whole system was around me, like for, for me to play, but I was just playing well. I really took a big step forward. Uh, I didn't feel like the kind of, you're just, a multi-time all-star, yeah. but like, you know, sometimes a running joke is, not a running joke, but like sometimes you don't get the credit you deserve. Yeah. Did you ever, did, did that ever bother yeah. you? Or were you just like, man, I make enough money. Yeah. I got the accolades and let me just go back to. I mean, it never like, at a younger age, a little bit maybe bothered me because I felt like I, I was, but. But you're playing in work. I yeah, mean, but I, you're 20 and 12, you're under, three, I, four I understood assists. also it was, you know, playing for a smaller market. We weren't like really winning, you know, and I always felt like all of it wasn't always my fault because like we were rebuilding then right. like we tried to win it and we, it wasn't working. And you rebuilding again, like went through two rebuilds in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a lot of it was out of my control, but I mean, you're the, you know, you play in there. So at times it affected me a little <laughs> bit, but. I was, you know, always kind of like I always felt like I had a respect of other players and like coaches around the league. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of kind of what I always try to focus on. But that year, kind of everything, everything just kind of changed. And then the two years after, like then the year after too, um, like when we went to the uh, playoffs and I had like a really good year against Milwaukee and things yeah. like that. Like, I think people saw me different. Like, okay, he can do it at like a higher level. It's not just you know numbers on like a losing team. And so I think those. Like the year, the first year I became an officer, the next year, and then the year after that when I became an officer again, like those two or three years really changed people's perception of me. And, and uh, but I mean, to me, it was always like, 
I, at one point I was just like, man, I know how much work I put in. I know what I like bring, and I know like I can play against all like these best players in the league. But it was more for me like I wanted a little more like of the winning and getting to the playoffs and getting like that because I needed that for myself to kind of confirm that like I can do all that at an even higher level because it's different. It's not the now same. you getting thirty rebounds in the game, right? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's going on with <laughs> your mind? That was his Miami, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never forget. You did it a couple times. Like, oh, I'm you was look, he was looking at 30. I'm yeah. looking like, how you, you, do you look up and, and are you watching like, all right, I'm at 20. Because you know Loon got 20 rebounds. He was like, man, Loon got 20 rebounds. That's insane. It's 29 rebounds. He know he I, I didn't even know. Man. I swear, I didn't even know until, like, girls <laughs> know their numbers, man. Let's not play. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> you know I, numbers. That dog. game, not, like, no. Let's not lie, bro. No, I promise you. <laughs> like, right. like most of the games, yeah, you look up, you see what. But like, I swear that game, I, I had no idea how many rebounds I had. Like, I, for whatever reason, I never looked up. I didn't know. Like, we're playing Miami. They're like undersized a little bit, and like, but I don't know. I was just like one of those games. Like, like, I mean, it like. Worked. A lot of rebounds came my way and like there was like one or two instances when I had like there was one instance when I had like six offensive like tips in in one play like I think it was on a missed free throw or something and like I kept tipping it into it like and I got like six and like I ended up scoring things like that and I don't know it's just I, the only time I knew I had like a lot was I think it was an overtime game and somebody came up to me and was like hey you need like X my numbers to pass Shaq so that's when I knew and I was like yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I gotta get these oh, rebounds. I, was <laughs> I, was like, I gotta get these like couple more rebounds, and then like once I got 29, it was big. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I really like during the game. I didn't feel like I had at no point. Yeah. Like I was, I knew I had like probably a good like close to 15, but I never knew I had like until that guy told me I had like 25, six. I had no idea. I want to go back to uh, something you said earlier about like, you know, having success on a bad team. And, you know, want to prove that you can win. But you start off on on a good team or a decent team. You're, decent. Yeah, a decent team. We were able to make, like, the second round of the playoffs yeah. for game versus Celtics. Yeah, game yeah, seven. Yeah, we were yeah. two. Rondo threes away from, true, yeah. from being terrible TV and playing versus <laughs> Heat. And I was wondering, you hear that, that age-old debate where people are like, would you rather have $100 million and no ring or $50 million and a ring? So, like, well, when it's coming. $200 million, no ring yeah. and $50 million with a ring. That's a crazy number. I know what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's somebody too hard. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, when it came down to it, and you hear a lot of people say, "I want to win, I want to win," you were able to build up your confidence, build up your reputation, and kind of build up your game in maybe four or five or six years of just losing, losing, losing. Like, and now you're in a situation where you're, you know you're able to know yourself, add value, and be in a position with the Bulls. Where, you're able to win. Would you change anything about that, or would you want to go to? I went to the playoffs eight out of ten years in my career. You went damn near all the goddamn yeah. time. Now I'll tell you, like eight out of ten, I much rather went. You made, made a lot of money. I mean, no, but I much rather <laughs> went three bad years and got got my rocks off and like got my game right, became an all star, did out all that good stuff, and been able to impact winning at a later stage. Do so you think that was a a decent path that helped you get on that? You know, that situation. Because a lot of coaches will try to sell you but I have, win, I, win, win. And for, you know what I mean? Tell me. Before, talk to I, me. before I, he answers, yeah. I will say this about the Euro guys, right? Like, I do think y'all be counting your stats. Let's get that out the way. No Shioni. Shout out to but, No Shioni. But 
they got to play for their country every summer. That's real. So they they have to play so basketball. Where does this uh, thing come that we count our stats? Because we play with y'all. Yeah, we play with y'all, bro. Stop <laughs> playing, I, I, bro. I do not do that. I promise Nick! You. Nick. <laughs> I promise you I don't do that. You help me out, so I want yeah, you to get bro, your numbers. Nick, you, bro, you know my big, so I'm hitting you the block. Nick, so, you know rebound, shit. You, you, you used to be, I, when I we played with you, you I think you should be able to count your rebounds, though. Yeah, I'm not bad with Philly, either. what do I count? Four rebounds? No, you you had I, a couple 12 and 10s, bro. You were balling. I had two double-doubles in You were balling, bro. And you went for that double-double. No, I swear, bro. I, I, I don't count. No, nah, that's I real. I, if, I, I if I did, I would not be able to play. Like, but the way I, like, I can't play in a way where I like counting. Like, But y'all got to, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I got your back, and I'm agreeing with y'all, Euros, that's y'all argument that y'all got to play year-round. Like, yeah, y'all don't really part, get yeah, time yeah. off. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like they have to play, like, basketball all the time. And it's, like, no choice. Yeah. And so I feel like it's different when you're having a conversation where it's guys like, man, I'm about to get my money so I can chill this summer. <laughs> they like, yeah. man, I got to go right back and play. That is and so you like, always staying in shape. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. you just always there. I mean, like, to answer – I don't think I would like change anything about like what I did. It's just that was my path. It's the way it was for me. Like, yeah, I mean, more than anything, I would love to win more. Yeah. But like I said, it's not always in, in my control. Like, you know, yeah, that's like, right. we just like first when I got to Orlando, I was like, I was really young. Everybody around me was young. And we had like a, a decent group of you know, like we, nobody, people don't, like, a lot of people forget, but we had like Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo, Fournier was there. Mm. Yo, that's really young. Good yeah. team, like, they, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, Hartless, like, like, yeah, like we players. had some like yeah. solid players. And then I don't know why, like they traded Tobias, like, for like Brandon Jennings, Ilya Sova, and they, they both left in the summer. Like it didn't make sense. The, Tobias was just re-signed on a four-year contract, and then uh, the year after they trade uh, Victor, yeah. and and they had just drafted Sabonis for Serge, and then they retrade him, and like three months later for like so there was so much like stuff happening where we never really got the right continuity and opportunity to like show like like with that young core maybe you bring in like two like good veteran players and maybe we i'm not saying like we become a championship team like you know we like in a playoff and like not everybody i think there's like this perception like now is like your championship or nothing and that's unrealistic like for a lot of players like if you like compete at like a high level and you play like in playoff series and things like it's still like like a really good career chris and Giannis had a lot of time and a lot of and a lot of things happen so and then eventually maybe you go on a team and you get a chance to win a champion like it's it's a lot of things have to go right for you to get a a championship so like I would. I wish. Only thing I wish, like maybe, was different that we like. I had a little more wins mm-hmm. early on in my career because the losing does take a toll yeah. and like it builds up bad habits and like whether other players be like, man, shut up, you lost. Like, yeah, like, like you know, you just like, like you know, like no matter yeah. what, how much stuff you do, like you're still losing, so it's not like yeah. the same. And then so that's what I'm saying. Until so, like kind of Cliff came and he completely changed not only my mindset but like the approach yeah. of everybody and like for us to make that the playoff that year was like huge and it, it just changed everybody's mindset from there like we always wanted to do that even if we we're just seventh and we lost to Toronto 4-1 yeah. like for us it was big to even have a chance and then next year well we go to you lose to Milwaukee like but that was what we could do we couldn't be better than like seven or eight like that's yeah. just the way our team was and but at least you're playing for something and you're trying for something yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and then like then you hope that maybe you know something happens, maybe somebody comes or like, and then you build a better team. But so that was that's the only thing I wish I had a taste of it more early yeah. on because 
I think uh, the losing just sucks. I mean, we all compete. We all want right. to win. And then once you get, like, through 50, 60 games and you play the last 20, like, for, it's the yeah, worst. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I think it's it's also bad for young players, I think, in the NBA to have those years. Yeah. That many, you know, one year or two, that's fine. But, like, it's, like, eventually, like, you know, it becomes, like, kind of almost like a normal thing. Like, oh, well, you know, we're not supposed to win, whatever. Yeah, by the so, time December hits, yeah, it's over. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of bad habits happen through that. And so uh, that's the only thing I wish maybe early on we had more. But, you know, so overall, where I'm at now, I think, you know, uh, pretty good. But I still think I have, like, a lot of game to play. Hopefully I get Well, you had this. You, we went through an historical moment in, like, NBA history in the bubble. What'd you do? Y'all were, oh. weren't weren't you playing in that game? Or about, to, weren't you on the court? Oh yeah, with Milwaukee, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Milwaukee, and the season was almost, the Shut season down, almost yeah. ended. Yeah, that I was think a, I remember that. That was a crazy So what, like walk through, like you, I don't think he was No, I wasn't, I was in the bubble. I heard they, I heard they were pissed. Well, he had to deal with all of it. Cause yes. he was ahead of, yeah. <laughs> no one knows about that. Yeah. But, you know, walk us through, like what you guys were thinking as a team, cause you were on the court yeah, yeah, actually yeah. warming up. And so like, Walk us through like what's happening as you're running the court and when did you find out and like what goes through the team's mind? Well, we was like, I mean, we're out there like, like the Bucks always come out late to warm up for it. Like they only come out with like 13 or something o'clock. So we're out there like 19, like we're warming up, like I'm going through my whole thing. And then like, they're not showing up. It's like 12, 11, like 10. I'm like, they ain't showing up. Like what's going on? Like we didn't know what was the reason. And then uh, like Michael Carter Williams, he played with some of the Bucks players. He got a text from somebody like, "We're not playing." So we go back, and like, our only issue was like, "You, you should have just told us so we know," because we're out there like playing, like w warming up. Now everybody's gonna ask us questions, how we feel, and this and that, and like right. gonna put us in there. So, so our only issue was like, at least, like if you had told us right before the warm up, and we don't come out, and it's fine. Like you know, we both decide not to do it and whatever. But yeah, that was that was the only thing. But it was weird because you're out there warming up and. And no other team, and you don't know what's going on. It was, it was, uh, and you know what happened after that. But it was, it was like damn world stop. <laughs> yeah. My phone started ringing. CP started ringing. Now me and him, we playing phone tag, yeah. calling everybody, and then I heard that was a tense meeting for sure. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was interesting. It was interesting, but it was it was good for it was good for all the players yeah. in there to kind of get a feel for like how oh, everything yeah. works. What's that like coming over as a foreign player and? Uh, you know, playing the NBA, I'm not too sure how it is in the European leagues, but like now the NBA is somewhat half basketball and we're heavy on like, you know, activism and, you know, equality. What's that like outside looking in and being like, damn, I'm not playing today because the guys I play with are battling over, you know, some type of race war, that type of situation. How do you feel when sometimes you don't really, you just came to the country yeah. 10, 15 years ago and you're like, bro, I, I don't know all the history of it. Well, I think for, for me, even like until then, I, I I mean, I knew a little bit more than some other like yeah. uh, foreign players, but I didn't know as much until then. And then, uh, I mean, as a player, you're just trying to like, you know, like we weren't like saying much, like we're trying to, we're just trying to understand the situation, what was going on. Like, like we knew it was just, it was deeper than just that one yeah. thing that happened, you know? Yeah. So you're just trying to learn, like listen and hear and try to see what like, you can do. And I mean, I'd say most of us, if not all of us, were really just trying to, to support the cause and like be there for you know our teammates and you know follow you know the lead and try to be there and support everybody. I think you know a lot of positive came out of it. I think 
a lot of people didn't necessarily understand it and like from the outside and, and things, but I think it sent a pretty strong message, not only within here, but like around the whole world that, you know, we took a stand for something that's bigger than sports. And so I thought, I thought it, was, it was a good thing. And I thought it was great to see, because there was, there's so many cultures and races and everything in the yeah. NBA, we all came together to support it. I think that was a strong message and that's, that's why it worked. And do you guys, do you kind of have that same uh, situation when it comes down to like the Balkan boys? Because you guys used to be Yugoslavia, yeah. but you see sometimes even at the bubble, you see you're having dinner with Luka, you're having yeah. dinner with Jokic, you're having dinner with Bogdanovic, Nurkic, and all those guys. What type of unity or like, you know, intention do you move with in that sense? Is that a conversation amongst yourself and, you know, those guys? We don't, we don't talk about a lot about yeah. like what happened there because it was... Uh, yeah. It, it it was a lot of stuff and it was yeah. you know it was a lot of ugly and things like that. But I think the the for in Europe it's a little different approach to yeah. certain like to that and especially that that's a very sensitive topic for a lot of us you know uh, back home. Uh, but we try to like you know especially through sports kind of bring like unity like yeah. like we get along all with each other regardless of you know. If it's like Nurkic's boss, you know, like Boyan is Croatian, like Bogdan is Serbian, I'm Montenegro, like like Luka, Goran are like Slovenian. Like we like we put that aside because we all like speak the same language. Like we Seven come from the same right. well, I mean it's it's different, but <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's no, you know, course, yeah. like it's like different accents yeah, of the same language, pretty much. Yeah, like, the dialects exactly. Yeah. So we like we put that aside and we just like and I think that's kind of the mindset of most athletes back there, regardless of sports, like just like you know like come together and like what happened in the past like sure like you you can't forget that and like it's a big part of history but like we got to move on and like like try to fix things that were wrong and i think us as athletes we can do that by just you know being a good example so like we don't talk about it as much but we try to just be more like hey like we get along like this can be done and i think people like have starting to do that more and more also back home I say we do Ryder Cup since we get our ass whooped. Since, yeah, we can destroy it. We should do Ryder Cup for basketball. And this would be two perfect countries. Lithuania was never part of Lithuania. No, they were USSR. Lithuania yeah. got some ballers. Yeah, yeah Lithuania, they really hoop up They there. really hoop. Yeah. But if you could get like the, the old Yugoslavian players. Yeah. The Balkan boys and the best U.S. players. No, that's what I've been trying. You don't think be, they will win? I think y'all have a bro, chance. It'd be a great, I mean, great, great. I mean, I'm not saying we don't have a chance. Luka got always got a chance. I think, I think chance. the U.S. would still be probably favorites, but I think we would have a chance. But it wouldn't be. I don't think it would be like a blowout. But I think the U.S. Like we're doing this. We're doing this every. We're doing, this every, we're doing this every two summers. Yeah. We're doing this every two summers around the Olympics. Uh, not in the Olympics, not World Championships. So maybe every three years or whatever, yeah. just around those we years. We got a Euro basket. Yeah, but y'all <laughs> play with each other too damn exactly. much, bro. Y'all mix it up. Y'all play with each other all the time. Oh, yeah. So fast forward to modern day. What was your, uh, what's been your experience like playing for you know a Hall of Fame organization like the Chicago Bulls? Moving to a city that has such you know diversity with the nationalities and stuff. I'm sure you feel at home. Yeah. But uh, how you been like playing here? Like a lot. I mean, the Bulls obviously you know the history. I was, I grew up huge MJ like MJ. You know, so. For me, that was, I always loved playing here at the UC, like, like just because of the intro itself. Like, the intro, I still get hyped up by the intro. Yeah, that's crazy. Games, yeah, like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you see, like, all the jerseys up there, but, like, mm -hmm. things like that. So, I mean, the fans here are, are really into it. They're, like, they love the Bulls. Like, every game is sold out. And like, wherever you go on the road, we have fans. So, 
that's been like that's been really fun like be part of and having a lot of support like wherever you go around the city people love you they support you like you go to restaurants no matter how packed it is they get you a table like things like that is like you appreciate that they really love the bulls and so that's been fun for uh for me for sure be part of and as far as the city uh you know it's a huge uh you know uh, Balkan community yeah, here, yeah, like huge, yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. So I went to a Blackhawks game. I got to experience like the energy from yeah, yeah. Like, all the nationalities. So it's it's has been a lot of great for us, especially like from for my wife too to have people from home mm. she can like you know, you know meet and talk to and like uh, like so it's a lot of it's been a lot of good stuff here for us. The only big adjustment was the cold oh, yeah, uh, yeah, after cold. Orlando cold, nine years. Cold took it for granted uh it was a little bit of an adjustment but the last two winners were pretty mild they say so i hope it stays that way but that was the only thing that was a bit like the yeah the city has been great i mean people here like really welcome in it's been fun i mean we really been enjoying it we got it just it was an adjustment for sure after Atlanta was like slow paced everything's chill relaxed we talked and Boston was trying to, we thought you were coming to Boston. Yeah, it was a lot of Boston talk, but it never, it never, yeah, it never, uh, happened. never happened, but it was a lot of, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, hopefully, you know, we have a better year as a team this year, but. And you miss, yeah. mentioned your wife, Sasha Pavlovich yeah. is your brother-in-law, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So. Sasha could play some ball. Sasha could yeah, play yeah. some ball as well. Yeah, he went to the finals with the uh, Cavs in 07. Yeah, crazy. That's wild. How's he doing? He's still smooth? He's back in uh, back in. He lives in Belgrade now. Oh, so, does yeah, he? Yeah, he he retired a couple years ago. Uh, he's just you know out there. He got three kids, so being full time daddy. His son's actually pretty good. He's 14 now. He's playing, so he's you know spent a lot of time right. with him. So yeah, he's 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 pretty good. He's really enjoying that. What is it? What's it like playing with Demar Derozan? Well, we go back from college. We're yeah, both yeah, freshmen yeah. at the same yeah. time, so we know each other for a long time. As and, development uh, now, you guys both yeah, developing the, the All Stars. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, but the way like uh, it happened because we always like he mentioned in the podcast how him and I was used to joke around like, hey, like when it was Toronto, I was like, hey, let's play whatever. And then when we had a chance in in Chicago and like we spoke about it and like when it happened, like we were both like really excited about it. But it, it's been great. I mean, Lamar. I mean, the way he like. Me knowing him in, in college when it, a lot of it was just, you know, his athleticism, high flying dunks, like all that to become the like fundamentally skilled player that he is today. Like it's impressive to see how he's evolved his game, his like his footwork, his like jumper, his patience, like all that. I mean, it, it's impressive to see even like his playmaking ability from like yeah. Toronto where he wasn't passing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was messed with until where now like, you know he's become a pretty good playmaker like it's uh it's been impressive to see him like become the player he is and uh you know he also i think sometimes you know people was kind of hard on him like oh well he never won in toronto like he always yeah. gets to the playoffs and yeah but he ran into brown like almost every time you know it was yeah so it wasn't yeah. easy you know in the east every time. i mean almost, you know yeah. and then like and so the, I think he he also plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and yeah. so that's so it's been uh, you can tell when he plays like he really embraces it, and so it's been I mean he's been playing great for us, and it's been fun you know, be teammates with him again, and uh, obviously him and I being the two oldest, yeah. you know we try to you know be leaders and do, do the right thing, so it's been it's been. What about uh, I hate to say what if situations, but you guys had a great core assembled before Lonzo got hurt. What was that like, and you know in that situation what? Where do you think you you all would be if Lonzo was healthy? 
Yeah, that was, yeah, I mean, the way we started that year, I mean, there was so much hype around the city. I was hype. I yeah, was like, man. It was like, yeah. you know, the Bulls, like, made moves after such a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, they signed players. Yep. And, like, it was, and then we started off great. Uh, we were first in the East, like, just playing good ball. And then, like, then first Zach was, like, dealing with his knee. He was kind of in and out. And Lonzo went out for a while. And uh, I think it, it's just, you know, it's it's completely changed the way we've had to play since then, you know. And I think last year what was tricky, we always expected Lonzo to come back at some point. At first it was like uh, January, and it was like maybe all-star break, and then it was like he's out. So we never like really made the adjustment like he's just out. Let's try to find a way. It was always kind of like, oh, let's play this way until Lonzo comes back. And then when he comes back, then he'll do his thing. I think for what Lonzo was, you know, huge for us was, you know, just he was able to get everybody in their spot and he was able to get Demar and Zach off the ball and made their life easier. And then that opened up so much for everybody else. And his defense, you know, obviously that was huge. And then we played at a much faster pace. And so when he went out, you know, then you had as Demar and Zach to like handle and play make, which isn't really what they do as much. And so we had to completely change the way we played and we just never were able to do that. So I think this year, hopefully, you know, we understand he's out. You know, we, we now we have uh, Javon Carter and Kobe as our point guards. Now we can build around them as their as our you know, point guards, and we play that way. So I think there was just a big mental thing, like oh, waiting for Lonzo, waiting for Lonzo, and that kind of affected us a little bit as well. But uh, yeah, it completely changed our team. I mean, he was such a huge part of what we do in so many ways. You know, defense, offense, pace of play, all of it. You know, yeah. he's like one of the most unselfish players I ever played. Well, yeah. like there was to, even to a point where you're like, so you got to shoot. Like he was always trying to like <laughs> yeah. pass and you know, get everybody involved and like super easy guy to get along with and play with. Like just wants to make everybody else happy around him. And so like, I mean, as a player, that's all you want in a point guard. You know, guy that just pass and he like, you know, was probably the best one. So big loss for us on many like many different levels on the court. But now that we know he's out, it's on us to figure it out and you know play without him. Well, we we wishing one, one la- you got to tell this story because I don't think many people know. You know, Nick was a survivor of a train crash, right? Oh yeah, like a train crash that. that killed like what, like four hundred people, sixty people, sixty, 60 people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back you home, go yeah. through that. That's that. Yeah. I remember when you told me the story. I'm like, damn, yeah. for real. And he's like, that's OD. Yeah, 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 a lot of people know. Uh, yeah, it was in uh, 06. It was back home. Um, so. We were under 16 team and under 14. We went like, it was like winter break. So we went in like mini training camp in the mountains. Uh, so on the way back, um, we, we took the train to go back and like the brakes stopped working. But so since we're coming down from the mountains, like it was, you know, downhill. And uh, uh, like the train in Montenegro is like up high in the mountains. Like it's very like tough terrain. Like it's not easy to access to. So. Like first, like the train starts going and like, we don't know, like worse we're like, uh, like, cause so train stop was like stopped for like a good hour or so. And you know, we were just like, like what's going on? And it started going, we're like, well, I finally, what we didn't know is the train started going because the like emergency brake or whatever that uh, the train, con- whatever, how do you call it? Conductor, driver, whatever. Yeah. He, uh, like they stopped working. He couldn't get him to work again. So, the, train starts going and we see like the people that work in the train like panicking like going through the train and we're like what's going on and like the only answer we got is like it's not good so now we're out there in the train waiting like something about to happen like you know train. Tr- like crash or something we don't know so that went on for a little while like i don't know how long it was exactly but like for a little while we're just going with like no brakes like the train there goes about like in miles maybe like 20 miles an hour 
it was going like 60, 70, like crazy speed. Like it's not supposed to do that there. And then it derailed in a tunnel, uh, which actually helped us because the tunnel had like a little turn. So that made it slow down when it was like hitting against the tunnel. Um, so it, it derailed in a tunnel. And uh, meanwhile, like this whole time the train is going, you're just waiting, like what's gonna happen. And then once it derailed, like you could hear like, all the noise from like scratching the tunnel. And then like we got out of the tunnel and I just remember like we like flew for a little bit and then we just like hit. And I think like once we hit, I think I lost conscious for a little bit. Like I was like, kind of in and out. And then like we rolled over for a little bit. Like, I mean, I, I had my hands over my head. I don't like remember. I mean, I can't, I, I didn't see like what was happening. Right. Like I was like, I fell on between two seats and I had like my, some of my teammates on me and then like I had a door on me, like crazy. And then like the train stopped after a little while I just like open, I remember like opening up my eyes. And then the first thing for me was because my dad was our coach, like was to try to find my dad. So I, I got up and then like I saw him, he was already up like helping other people. And then it was just like hectic. I mean, like trying to figure out like where we go, what we do. Like then like the police came, ambulance, emergency, like all that, like the army. I mean, it was a huge, like it was the worst tragedy I think in Montenegro history, but it was like, I think it was like two, 300 people on the plane, on the train, 60 people died. I mean, kids, young kids, like babies, like, like all, it was, it was bad. I mean, a lot of people had a lot of bad injuries, like a lot of my teammates that couldn't play anymore after that, or like limited their career. Like it, it was bad. Like I luckily, thank God, I didn't have any like major stuff, like small it's things here and there, yeah. but it was bad. I mean, it's been a while, but like for a long time, like I could not get on a train. Like there was no chance. Like, I, like even if like driving, it was a little higher speed. It was like, some people still have a lot of trauma from it. Like I got lucky that I've been fine, but a lot and of people- we did the train, uh, hey, the train Philly, Philly. I was fine by then. I, I, yeah. By then I was fine. I was like, so I was six, seven, was six, eight, six, eight, six, eight, six eight years. Yeah, six, eight years. I was yeah. fine after that, yeah. but like, but it was also different. Like, cause like in, like the, the train in Montenegro where it's at and like in Philly is like different, yeah, different. different. So, but yeah, it was, I was fine after that. But uh, it took me a couple of years to finally get on the train. It wasn't, mm. I remember one time I tried and like, it was the same type of train that like we were on. And like, I saw it come in, like, I was like, it was me, my wife, and she was my girlfriend then. Like we come back from the beach and we're gonna take the train home, back home. And I see it coming and I'm like, and she's like, you sure you can take it? Like, I was like, yeah, I'm fine, whatever. Like we were waiting there for like 10, 15 minutes and we had like our friends with us and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And as I see it coming, like, I just start like this weird feeling. And like, I, I, like I, I grabbed the handle, like to step on and the smell of it was the same as it was. And I just like let go, like I just could not. And like my friend grabbed me and I, like, and I was like, there's no chance I'm going in there. I just, there was just no, like the, the, the feel I had, I, I, I can't even like explain it how it is, but it was just like, it was just there was no chance again. Yeah, so it was it was bad. That's but like, like yeah, I mean, crazy. for me, lucky because I didn't have many like bad injuries. I think over time I was right. able to like kind of su yeah. suppress it and yeah. deal with it. But like people have to like live with it for like people that lost close relatives that had bad injuries that have to live with it. And like it probably reminds them all the time of it. Well, man, I'm glad you made it through. You know, uh, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Condolences to the families. Um, but more than anything, man, you just had a hell of a career. Sure. I always want to say we proud of you. Like yeah, we saw you when you were a baby. Sure. So anytime you play well, you know, it feel like we a part of that just sure. because, you know, you sure. know who your vets are when you're a rookie is a major thing. It's so a um, to touch on that, you probably I don't even remember, but you uh, after one game, you asked me to like grab you some towels and uh, I went to get towels. I came back and like you told me to put them on the chair and like your watch was there. Like I didn't mean the watch was there. I was like, I was like, there's a watch there. Like, whose is it? 
And he was like, you like it? I was like, yeah, it's nice. He was like, it's yours. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, take it. I was like, no. Nah. I mean, it was like a Breitling. I still have it, by the way. I still keep it. But I don't even big, remember that. Yeah, big dog. He was like, he was like no, it's, it's yours. Just keep it. I'm like, nah, I can't. I was like, I can't do that. I mean, it's it's like, I mean, I don't know how much it was worth. I, was I like, do I can't, remember. I can't take that. There's no Blue way face? I do. And then you were like, no, white face. White face, white yeah. face. Oh, oh, I know exactly. White face, uh, brown, brown leather band. Band. Yeah, yeah. Band. I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, I, was I like, said, you uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, and then you what? told me like, you got to do it. It's your rookie duty to take it. So I had to take it. And I still have it to, to this day. I keep it. Oh, man. So, man. So, so, you know, he know our guy uh, from Geneva Sill, David. What's my man's name? Alex. Alex from Geneva Sill. Oh, On Oak Street. Right down here's a watch store out here. Oh, I never been there. Oh no. no, I think you've been to Richard Miller across the street. I've been, yeah, so, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, he's okay. across the street. Yeah. Oh, so they'll probably yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's Dre's guy too. So, Damn. Okay. Yeah, I'm poor. <laughs> Fam, I'm glad you remember that. Damn, no, I do, man. That Damn. was a big, big thing for Damn. me. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I talk yeah. a lot to a lot of people about it. When yeah. they ask me, like, like people that helped me, like, I always like mention you and like you were good. Drew was great to me. Tony Batty was huge. Spencer Hawes was Spencer. We had a special group of guys. We did. We had a group of guys. We would go. We would go grab dinner at night. Sometimes, yeah, like you, like we we drove back a lot from the airport because you live. I live next to you. Like in that building next to you, I couldn't afford your building, but I was in the building next to you. It was. We had a good team, man. I don't know why the. I don't know why the. I mean, they took it apart, but like Lou Will was with us too. Yeah. I tell people I tell people all the time that was one of my closer teams like I'm just closer to that team just as close as I am with the Warriors if not more of that team yeah. just because like we lived in Philly we had to survive together yeah we also were just I feel like in that little ass locker room we were so open pause that like <laughs> you know I'm not just saying but like literally we, we had like some of the most funniest times on no, earth did. bro was, like and even like you knew we were tight because in people's bad moments we could all laugh at it oh, yeah. and it was like an open was, joke you know what I mean but uh, that we, was late. No, it was, it was a good year. We like threw up and downs and we ended up like strong. I mean, close to like getting to the Eastern Conference final, like yeah. from the eight seed. I mean, D Rose got hurt. It helped us, but- A bunch of guys had success on that team. Yeah, yeah. for sure after that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all had our own successes. So sure. wishing you nothing but the best, man. We appreciate continue it. to watch you um, and just keep killing it, man. Appreciate sure. it. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Sure, man. Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. But that's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.